Hello there, sports fans, and welcome to the Go Mode Broadcast Studios. My name is Tim. And I'm cooler than the other side of the pillow, Dante. Ja, meine lieben Sportsfreunde, und ich heiße euch hier natürlich auch willkommen und freue mich, dass wir endlich über Fußball reden können. And this, of course, is Go Mode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. Today on the program, we are happy to welcome the commissioners of the ALTTPR League, Fear Agent and Sir Linkalot, to talk about the scandal that has rocked the... No, I'm just kidding. There's no like scandal or anything like that, but I didn't know how to get out of that bit any other way. So oh, man. I, I couldn't keep talking like that. What a start. Yeah. But, uh, man, I wish Axiel were here to see this because we're finally doing a sports episode. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have the commissioners of the ALTTPR League on the show. We had an interview with them. Uh, well, some of us did, um, which we'll get into. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was really, really cool to have them on. Um, huge shout-outs to you, Dante, for kind of, you know, putting that together, communicating with them, putting together some questions uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to everybody hearing that. Yeah, hopefully um, the listeners enjoy that when we get to that segment. But uh, I'm really looking forward to the league and, uh, you know, sports metaphors aside, like the team-based stuff, super fun, and I'm, I'm real excited for it. Yeah. Uh, after uh, hearing from these guys, I am too. It w- wasn't really on my radar before, but now knowing a little bit more about what it's going to be and what's going into it, and uh, I'm sure we're probably going to have some Go Mode podcast uh uh, go folk teams. Um, try, I'm trying that out, by the way. Go folk. The go folk. All right. The sure. go folk. I, I, I think like... that's treading on some, some interesting <laughs> phrasing. Uh, I mean, we could have go a team folk. name. Yeah, go folk uh, yourselves or something. Yourself, I, I yes, don't know. Okay, that could okay, be a nice yeah. team name. Mm, yeah, let's keep, let's keep workshopping it. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some teams with some go mode, uh, podcast, you know, mentor tournament alumni and, you know, folks who hang out in our discord kind of become like our extended family. I know there'll be a few, a few of those teams and, and I'm excited to uh, cheer them on and, and watch. Um, so yeah, we will, uh, get to that interview, uh, in just a little bit here. Of course we have to go over news first. Herf, do you want to in some way kind of try to explain sort of what, what happened before we were about to start our interview yesterday? Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. So I'm at this time, I'm also going to be extremely excited more so than usual to listen to this episode because unfortunately I didn't get to be a part in it. Uh, I was having not only some internet issues, which weren't the problem, but the problems were that my power decided to not cooperate. Uh, I managed to get about two minutes, maybe, of airtime in before I suddenly sat in the dark and nothing was recoverable. So I I apologize for not being part of this, and I very much look forward to listening to what you guys uh, made with these two wonderful people from the league. Yeah, well, we missed you. No, thanks. It wasn't the same without Herfy Durfee. No, that's that's good to know that I'm still needed. Yeah, I was sitting there looking at the uh, list of everyone that was on the call, and I was like, Dante, Sir Linkalot, Fear Agent, none of my boys are here, man. You know, from like <laughs> two months ago, it's a completely different cast. But, yep. Um, so, yeah, obviously it was great to have Dante, and we missed you. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to you hearing it as well, because uh, I thought they did a great job. 
um, talking about the league, answering questions. And, um, yeah, we had a month of questions also at the end there, too. So mm-hmm. that was cool. But uh, with that, I think we should uh, probably get into our community updates. We do have a few things to go over. We will start, as we always do, with the main tournament, uh, which is well into its bracket stages at this point. Um, so let's go ahead and pull up this challenge and take a look at the landscape now. Um, so most of our uh, participants are in round three, which I believe is the, uh, help me out if you guys know, it looks like it's basically the essentially round of 32. Uh, round three no. is top 16. Yeah. Oh, okay. So 16, we've, okay. we've really yeah, narrowed yeah. this down, starting out from you know the 128 players in the group stage, mm-hmm. 64 in the bracket stage, and it's it, I think it's moving along nicely. I don't want to yeah, wow. speak for the 16. admins, but you know. <laughs> Actually, round yeah, we, round three, sorry to interrupt real quick, but in, no, into round three, we're already getting into the top eight, which we've already even got one person moving on into the top, uh, top four, if I'm seeing this correctly here, uh, in round yeah. four. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all, that's all I was gonna say was yeah, Ninban has has already moved into the top eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's already uh, played his matches, and we're uh, we're yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. So uh, what do you guys think when you look at the uh, you know top sixteen that we do have minus you know and plus a few? Um, what what's your opinion of the the, the landscape here? Uh, I have to admit, I'm mostly surprised. Yeah. Not you know I'm. Hard to say, but probably not the not necessarily the people I expected in some of these cases. I'm especially looking at Gem versus Zelga Desen right there. Not to you know say anything bad about Zelga, but we all know Gem is you know one of the top rando players. I'd personally say he's uh, I mean, won a lot of prize tournaments and stuff. Yeah, literally ranked number one mm-hmm. uh, coming into this. So that's a, that's a huge deal. Exactly, and to lose a zero two to Zelga Dissan is definitely a surprise to me. Uh, yeah. The others, yeah. you know, give or take, I suppose it's pretty fine. I expected Boyne to move on. I wasn't mm-hmm. Willard versus P Train was another one where I'm like, mm, I really don't know who's gonna take this one. You know? Yeah, that was a surprise to me as well. Definitely, um, Willard's a really great player, but so is P Train. It was just one of those situations where you have two titans going up against each other in Mm -hmm. an early round it's unfortunate yeah pretty much i mean all you know everyone who's made it to the round of 16 or you know even earlier is an amazing player as uh dancy was alluding to earlier we've really narrowed it down a lot from the mass of people that we hadn't had we that we had in the tournament in the beginning and uh still i'm mostly surprised by all the two zeros that we're getting uh, there's very few yeah. two ones, you know. That is surprising. Yeah, you you uh, would expect is at, at this level, especially. It's kind of a, um, and we reference this later, like any given Sunday, like when when people these good race each other. It's really about kind of personal routing decisions a lot of the time, and and not as often up to you know huge execution errors. So. Um, it is surprising to see that, you know, somebody can sweep two, but that's also kind of rando for you. You know, yeah. it's it's easy for somebody to get lucky twice in a row if that's kind of how you look at it. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, especially when you see, you know, something like Jet 082 and Trinex. Like, Trinex, I know, is, is an incredible player. That surprises me to see an 0-2. And I'm sure if you talk to him, you know, you get a lay of what the seeds were doing and why it all happened. But, mm-hmm. um, 
It is surprising. Yeah. What do you think, Dante? Biggest shock to me uh, is the two O's, like you were mentioning. I'm honestly not surprised to see the names that we're seeing in top 16. Uh, I mean, you know, kind of seeing some of the names that have fallen out early, you know, those are shockers, especially to people who, you know, we'll say, you know, Twitch chat in general. The speed gaming chat, obviously, super shocked a couple weeks ago when Andy gets knocked out uh, with a 2-0 against Sabatender. And, uh, you know, it's just... It's a weird situation. This is this just shows how volatile Rando can be when it is not yeah. heavily mm-hmm. execution based. And this this shows really the main differences between the 2018 tournament and the 2019 tournament because 2018, you know, with the way the format was, you could force your opponent to play this crazy hard match. So the routing and, you know, the gambles potentially are thrown were thrown out of the equation when you're doing all dungeons either like hard expert so on and so forth you know all these guys are starting out game one with you know an open 7-7 defeat ganon with that happening it's kind of anybody's game and that's why like i've been saying since the start when we hit top 128 like everyone's scary there's no one who's like that's a free win and you basically just have to show up hope for a lot of luck and just hope you're playing your game so the two O's are kind of what shocked me, I guess, because I'd expect, you know, the luck kind of to shift back and forth. Right. But I don't want to, I'll, I'll say this, I don't want to speculate too much, but seeing how uh, the uh, Weighty Words for I May match or the doubleheader panned out this past Saturday, it was kind of an interesting thing seeing the same item become the go mode item in both seeds. And it kind of gets on that topic of, you know, PRNG potentially being a thing. And that, that makes people raise eyebrows on, you know, what the algorithm is. But, I mean, I don't know what it is. It's just, obviously, it's one of those deals of conjecture where you just see things and you you just infer what's happening because of it. Hey, guys, it's... Yes! Tuesday Temp here. Uh, Dancy just used the phrase PRNG. I meant to ask him what it meant. I didn't get a chance to during the episode, so I wanted to break in here to clarify because it's apparently something that people just throw around, but I'd never heard it before. So PRNG stands for pseudo RNG. Um, that is to say, like, not RNG. Like, suspiciously seems like maybe there isn't. Um, I don't think anyone actually thinks that's what's happening, but it refers to certain, like, hot spots that, like, almost always have items. And speaking of that, you'll hear us talk a little bit more about that concept later on. But anyway, just wanted to clarify that. I'll talk to you later. Um, I, I want to clarify and go back to what you were talking about there. Are you saying in both of their races back to back, they both had the same go mode item in the same location? And not the same location, but it was the exact same go mode item. And I mean, okay. if, if well, I'll, it was a hammer. So when your go mode hammer, that's like a lot of the game that's been locked out. Right. Mm-hmm. So when when you see that happen two times in a row, the, the, it's just kind of weird. I'll say that it's very nice and refreshing to see it not in Ice Palace, uh, you know, like Speed Gaming Live was, because that <laughs> hammer just always showed up in Ice Palace at that <laughs> tournament. Yeah. It was yeah. it was quite the show. But, but yeah, the, the list of, you know, top 16 grows, you know, we've almost got a full top 16 from what I can tell in the bracket, and... I think as of today, we may have, depending on how this uh, Yoshi versus Christos Owen match panned out, which I didn't actually get to uh, see how that ended up. But 
you know, this top 16 is ridiculous. Uh, and like we said, we had one person moving on to top eight. Um, one thing I'd like to allude to, I've got the old bracket pulled up. Out of the top eight from the 2018 fall tournament, there is one person left. Oh, wow. And that's Jet082. So <laughs> we know Jet's a great runner, but, uh, you know, with, with Willard getting knocked out by Petrine, that's, and we do have a couple people who didn't either make it to the bracket or just decided to not enter the tournament this year. You know, maybe because of burnout or, you know, personal reasons. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the top eight basically only having one returning person. That means we're going to get, you know, obviously with Andy going out, we're going to get a new champion. But we're going to have a completely new top four regardless. Mm-hmm. So, because with, uh, with Jet 082 falling in top eight last time, the top four from last year are completely out. And, um, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to watch this thing wrap up and see who who finishes where and how who's going to be champion for the next year yeah I, I think you made a really good point talking about the volatility of this of you know the uh having the open seeds right away that really can go either way and um just how you know the the luck can kind of shift it, it definitely it hadn't occurred to me you know how different this is than than last year and like you said there's a lot of factors that can go into that but yeah rando is just it just like sloshes us all around on its surface just it's great it really sure does the thing that's kind of interesting to see from this year's format a lot of people were picking six six including myself hoping that they get some kind of you know i don't want to say a meme seed or like a, a gimmick seed potential you know maybe no bow shows up and you've got the potential to mimic clip gt or you have no hook shot and you can hover or moldorm bounce something like that but I've actually seen a few races. Uh, mine was one of the ones included in this where there was one set path. And if you pick 6-6, six, six, then there wasn't the opportunity to beat seven dungeons. Like, you, one item was basically blocking two dungeons. So when you get one, you just have to do the one. Um, there was no, like, option for making it a little more open, per se. And then on top of that, I've seen people also pick the map compass shuffle which I think is a great move if you're execution-based and you'd like to, you know, focus on dungeons, including pendants. But with a lot of those, I've actually seen it where the overworld was the answer uh, in those particular seeds, and that's all, you know, just luck of the draw. But it's kind of like any strategy you have where you feel like, I feel more comfortable this year picking this mode, it, it almost blows up in your face every time at least from what I've seen in these races. And it's been exciting, but at the same time as a runner, it's been a little frustrating at this, uh, as well. Do you have any recommendations for our listeners in terms of races you've watched that you would want to share? Uh, for learning, I'll definitely say the game two with Weighty Words in Fryme was very good. There was a key logic thing that happened, and uh, chat was like what's going on why did he leave the dungeon and it was kind of an inference of learning where that hammer was so that's that that was a good one to watch that that race was pretty close uh i will say that um game two of yoshi and christos owen is a must watch as well as the game three uh between bonta and relkin but that game was super exciting to watch uh coming down to the wire and uh, yeah, those those are the ones I would suggest that I've been able to, to catch. And I'm sure there's been more exciting ones. I just haven't been able to watch all of them. The schedule haven't had the opportunity to co- volunteer to commentate 
too much in the the bracket portion just all the the scheduling times have not really worked out for me but hopefully we'll see if we can we can get in there to do a couple of these before it's all over yeah um the yoshi and christos owen game two is the one like people were popping off into our discord into our like live chat channel which had nothing to do with any of this just to be like whoa man did you see that you know just, and <laughs> like we're like what game are you even talking about like they were so excited they just like it was like spilling out of the stadium and just like celebrating, you know? Um, so I know that's a good one. I'm definitely going to put that on my much watch, a must watch list. And we will put those ones that you mentioned in the description of this episode. Um, any final thoughts on the main tourney? Mm. I said my piece. It's, it's going to be exciting. I just want to <laughs> see how it's going to end up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Okay. Well, with that, let's move on to the challenge cup. I'll give you guys a quick update. Um, we of course have the challenge that you can check out, but, uh, I was very proud to be able to say that I moved into the top 32 of the challenge cup. I was able to advance one spot, uh, through the bracket. Uh, I went, uh, two to one with Alex Nilsson, 92, huge shout outs to him. Um, if you're listening, it was, it was a pleasure racing against you. I felt like our skill levels were, were very similar, um, and it did go two and one. Um, I took the first game, which unfortunately actually was due to a power outage on his side. But from people who were watching us both, like I hit go mode and he was a couple crystals behind and then the power went out and I finished it out and had a nice clean race to the end. In fact, I think it was a PB for me um, or, or very close to it. I think it was like two nice. minutes off, actually, now that I, nice. now I think about it. Yeah, I felt really good about my play on that one. And it, it sucks that, you know, it was kind of a forfeit for him instead of just a, you know, full on race or whatever. But um, like I said, for the for the reasons uh, I described, I feel OK. And, and I've also dropped games due to stuff like that before. So it, like it kind of goes both ways, you know, karma. Not karma. That's not the right word, but it's, it's just it's just life, I guess, is probably better. Uh, and then the second game um, I lost, it was um, actually restreamed, and I played pretty poorly from what I remember. I had the worst Ice Palace in I've ever had in my entire life uh, and lost that one. And then the third game, um, it was close, but I, I ended up uh, winning. And I don't remember all the details of it other than... I was just like staring at the clock and like looking over like I haven't seen a dot done yet and uh, uh, ended up winning. So, yeah. Uh, and then I moved on and I faced off against Trip, um, who was definitely a better runner, hands down. The first first game I, I played very poorly. That was also restreamed. Um, and uh, he, he absolutely waxed me. And then the second one I lost by about five minutes. And I actually felt pretty good about that one in terms of execution and, and routing and all that. But Tripp definitely was just a, the superior runner. And, and it um, you know I wish him the best as he goes through the uh, rest of the bracket. But um, I was just really happy to make it to the top 32 to advance even one stage. It's not something I've really done, I don't think, before. So that was that was huge for me, as they say. Um, but looking at, so that's me. Uh, and honestly, I'm kind of glad to be out of it. Cause I was, you know, that was a, a two, two or three races a week kind of thing. And it was starting to put a little bit of a strain on my personal life, you know, cause I'm usually more like a one a week kind of person. So it's good. To, it's good to be able to co go back to a more comfortable pace for me. Um, so looking at the actual lay of the bracket now, um, most folks are into the, uh, top 16 here at this point 
um, as I mentioned, trip. We have uh, two uh, go folk, <laughs> two go folk uh, facing <laughs> off against each other. Next, we have uh, Zeitnix and Senen. So uh, good luck to both of you. Uh, Amerith, who is very active uh, in our restreaming community, um, going up against Quiz Bowl. Um, uh, Adirondack Rick, uh, cur- uh, former um, we, uh, guest that we had on, is uh, in the top 16. And uh, yeah, in general, just, you know, there were a lot of folks that made the top 32, uh, uh, as well as myself, um, who are also in the GoMo community and, you know, Oro, Daddy Gamers, um, and others. So shout outs to all of y'all. Um, you guys have any questions about Challenge Cup or anything that you want to get in before we move on? Looking at the bracket here, I see that uh, I'm not sure if game three has happened, but it looks like he's just a boy and pretty Wong are uh, one and one so there's a game three going to decide that that's an interesting matchup especially that early on in the tournament yeah so um that surprised me yeah i'm curious how that's going to pan out uh i I see that you know some of the favorites uh dracaris has moved on as well so um going to be facing off against mr dna and i believe that's top 16 Yep. But yeah, it, a lot of good names here, and Scion T looks to be up 1-0 in, to, in the top 32 bracket, or round of 32, um, on Matt Cap, and I believe Scion T was the one who uh, ended up, or not knocking out entirely, but sending the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament champion uh, Bum Rush Blitz to the loser's bracket portion of the group stage. Mm. So, uh, Scion T, I, I ended up watching, I think, one or two of those races Scient is a really good runner, so I'll be curious to see if, if they pull up the 2-0 and how far they go as well. Very good. Very good. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on. We've got a few more things to go over here. Uh, there was an announcement made in the, um, I think, the main Discord. We have that piped through our Discord, so that's where I initially saw it. But this was sent out um, on January 23rd, and uh, which was yeah last Thursday. Okay. And it's from the Racing Council officially, and it's it's a collection of data from uh, 50,000 V31 seeds. So all of them are generated, and then you know they scan through the spoiler log, and those spoilers are now analytics, and all of that is put together and sorted uh, into you know statistics that we can read in terms of percentage probability, essentially. Uh, for v31 we had that for v30 hadn't been done for v31 yet but uh huge shout outs to big dunka who uh did did a lot of the legwork to make this happen um and released the data so check out uh our the description of this episode and we'll put a link to that for you but um the three of us are gonna open this up now and just kind of take a look at uh some of these sheets and uh you know do some sorting here and just kind of give give a few impressions. So with that, uh, what, what do you guys, you know, what stands out to you in terms of, uh, you know, kind of surprising things in this uh, seed data? Well, <laughs> yeah. So y'all, y'all, y'all did your homework that I assigned you, right? No, I, mean, I did, I did I look, homework, yeah. but it's a lot of homework to mm-hmm. do. Like, holy cow. Plus, yeah. I do have to admit that I like I look at this. Like, the first sheet, you know, it gives you a location percentage summary where it's like, this is the location and this is the percent of, uh, percentage of how many times it has an important item. I understand that. That's, you know, my brain is like, all right, we can work with that. And then I click on the second seed, uh, second sheet, which is like 50k seeds percentage. And then I understand what's happening here, 
but my brain is not capable of parsing that information i don't think <laughs> that's fair that's fair. The it's, thing, it's weird even if we thing, just kind of sort by certain things and then say what the top is you know mm-hmm. for a few of these i think will be yeah sufficient for our recap sure for sure well, like, i think we're gonna say dancy location percentage summary deal like mm-hmm. that that's the one that stuck out the most with me and that was the one i was kind of focusing on to be honest yeah. because it's you know you look at the important items you look at required by playthrough skull woods is at the top of both of those mm-hmm. and that place has two items like only two so unless it's you know map compass shuffle uh you know whatever but i'm going off the assumption it's open seven seven i'm not sure if they actually revealed the information of what seeds they generated yeah but regardless it's insane that that's what it is, but I, I, you know, the joke I guess I could make about that is I'm pretty sure 80 percent of the time that that actually came up, you know, in that 29 and 21 percent, it was a pendant because that seems to always be where progression is is pendant skull wood. Same goes mm-hmm. for pendant eastern palace. You know, look there, required by playthrough, 19.81 percent. Uh, that's you know a kind of <laughs> kind of a nice, uh, I guess, inferring thing I can go yeah. off of and justify the the meta gameplay that i've seen people doing yeah i think what really kind of sticks out to me in a weird way if i'm only looking at the left column where it tells you the important item percentage is it kind of as you said skull woods at the top of both is kind of insane for how little items it actually has but you know the fact that the dungeons are at the top of the important item list is okay with me but then, what's going on with Swamp Palace and Turtle Rock? It's like, way at the bottom. And you're like, alright, you know, I guess Swamp Palace, a lot of entry requirements and stuff. Turtle Rock, maybe as well, you know, a medallion and Kane of Samaria. But still, it's just, it feels so weird to see, like, all the dungeons at the top, okay, kind of makes sense in my head. And then Swamp Palace and Turtle Rock is all the way at the bottom, kind of. The Turtle Rock one is the most surprising to me, because... There's been so many times I've seen in a seed where it makes you dive Turtle Rock to get some progression to Mm -hmm. lead to, say, your Ice Rod later on uh, to finish Turtle Rock. So, I mean, obviously, that's a very... I'm I'm looking at a very small sample size from, you know, races Dante has watched and races Dante has participated in or just played versus 50,000. But, man, you know... That, it, that's the sh- most shocking part with it being like Turtle Rock and Swamp That those are the most item dense besides Pod, the most item dense dungeons, it, no matter which mode you're playing mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> basically under 10% I want to make yeah. sure I'm I'm looking at the same view as you guys which, which tab are you on? I'm on the first tab location percentage summary yes so there's, there's an oh, okay. important there item there we go so right, you got important items that. and required by playthrough. So important basically means, I'm assuming, you know, hey, this is important. Like, it may not be absolutely required, but it's a, like an essential, we'll say a, like an almost essential item. Uh, mm-hmm. The required by playthrough, I'm going to assume, obviously, is something that is needed to complete the game. Otherwise, it's not completable. No, but you're looking fact- at this, sorry, you're looking at it from the wrong angle. The left one is... How many, you know, times or what percentage of times does this place have an important item? And the right one is how, you know, how many times do I have to visit this place? I got you. Okay. There we go. That makes sense. Either way, it's still like the, the numbers are still shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, 
looking Mimic Cave next to last in both of those. That is <laughs> Yep. That's now that aw- feels right. You know? <laughs> I mean it feels right, but I don't know. I, would... I it just seems I mean for V thirty one sure. But I remember V thirty had Mimic Cave did seem to have something. But looking at this now, I say it's shocking just because of how long I mean, I've been around since V twenty eight, which hasn't been that long, but you know, there was stuff there always in my mind. And then I just kind of glossed over the fact here for V31 that I've honestly never really found anything in Mimic Cave of major value. Yeah, it is a recent thing now that you mention it. Um, I feel that way about Spike Cave, too. Yeah, Spike a Cave, little bit. Yeah. I, Spike I, Cave anecdotally, is always... in, in my own personal experience, I, I mm-hmm. don't feel like I see a lot of stuff there. You know, And it's hard not to let that cloud your you know judgment, essentially. Because I know that things could be there. It's just like my own personal bias. I I know that I usually don't find anything there, so I kind of don't want to go, you know? Mm -hmm. The thing that's also something to consider, I, you know, I'm not a programmer. I don't know exactly how the randomizer works. You know, you know, I don't know what they've done, but let's, let's, I wanted to preface that what I'm about to say with that, just for clarification. So all the people who are smarter than me on that can, you know, let me know what I'm looking at wrong here. I don't know how quickly they generated these seeds too, for one thing. So Mm. the other thing I'm thinking is if you did this on a Sunday versus a Friday, you know, I'm wondering what changes, you know, like say if you did all 50,000 of them, bog down the server super quick, you know, across ever how long it takes, you know, in one sitting, then if that's what was done, then I wonder what the numbers would be if you did it a week later, you know, like, and I think that's why they have that tab. And that was one of the ones I couldn't uh, wrap my brain around the first 5,000 versus the last 5,000 comparison. Mm -hmm. And I I could kind of wrap my brain around it, but it's one of those things of, uh, that's a lot of data for me to just kind of look at without, yeah. you know, getting out my old man glasses and, you know, putting them <laughs> on the tip of my nose. Uh-huh. I, I'm really, you know, Wayne was the one I think who made the announcement in the, the racing council about yeah. this. And that, uh, Wayne is definitely a numbers guy from what, from what I can tell. And, you know, other people on the council who also are big numbers people, th- this is like the stuff they thrive on. But, the only thing I'm looking at on here is like, man, what can I do to potentially make a meta play and kind of mm-hmm. hope for the best by skipping some stuff? But don't don't be surprised if you see a bunch of people on dailies now completely skipping Mimic Cave or, you know, Checkerboard Always Cave. Always dipping Skullwoods. Yeah, Skullwoods are going to be dipped even if, you know, you've, you're a bunny at this point. <laughs> Skullwoods yeah. is value woods again. Yeah, probably. I mean, it looks like it is. But as you were saying, kind of in the same vein it's you know this is like hard statistical data and while it's you know very correct probably every seed play just plays out differently just because this thing says you know there's like a 12.12 percent chance the master sword pedestal has an important item doesn't mean that the next 10 seeds you play don't make your pull pad so you know it's interesting to see i always take these with a big grain of salt because what information can you really glean from it other than extreme outliers like Skullwoods might be Uh, I think these are more for you know maybe discerning or finding out if there's a problem with the fill algorithm 
Unless yeah. for, you know, going, all right, let me hunker down with this for an hour or two and then plan out the perfect routes that I can take in the future that will win me all my matches. I agree with that. This is this is essentially trivia. You know, like yeah. this would be a, a perfect oh, document yeah. to pull up and have a little like puzzler episode about, you know, like name the top 10 most important item locations or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but it's at the end of the day I, I i totally agree with your assessment i don't think anyone should study this and try to make a new meta play out of it or anything but it is interesting for some reason you know yeah it definitely is i mean as you were saying it's trivia and trivia is more often than not very interesting to read into it's just i don't want people to come into this and be like all right i better study this because this will tell me exactly where i can go yeah i think so to i put- think yeah, go ahead. To to put one thing in perspective, I just found this tab, and I think I'm reading this right. So if you look at, I think it's near all the way to the right, 50k seeds, raw sortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just pulled up the info. I'm curious how much the hammer shows up in Ice Palace. And out mm-hmm. of 50,000 times, apparently it did 841 times. Wow. And that's, that seems like a that's lot. That's pretty, it's a lot, but at the same time, it's, you know, less than 150th. Mm-hmm. Of the amount of time so can be pretty small but you know 841 sounds like a big number but not when you compare it against 50,000 so uh and I did you know I think I'm reading that right because if you sort the whole or sum up the whole column it does show 50,000 so I think that is the number of seeds I think I'm reading that correctly it is yeah it is and I so, mean even if you just look at the at the where progressive sorts can show up if, at the very top if you just scroll to the top and like the rightmost, almost the rightmost column that I can see is the progressive sword. And at least for the first 35 ro- uh, rows of item locations, it's never below a thousand. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, stuff is crazy in this game. But I don't really know what to do with this information, you know? I'm like, all right, right now I'm reading that a progressive sword shows up at Link's Uncle 1,358 times out of 50,000. That's cool, but, you know, not, that's not going to make me skip or check Uncle any more than I did before. Yeah. It may make people want to switch over from an Uncle route to, uh, you know, a, um, <laughs> a start at Sank route. Sank, Sank route. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for a progressive bow because I wanted to get one. Oh, there it is. So it looks like uh, Moldorm's chest, you know, the one that everyone likes to meme about. You know, that meme's dead as you know, did as a doornail, but uh, 440 times there have been there has been a bow, and at that point it's silvers because of the way the progression works uh, in the Moldorm 2 chest. So that's, that's you know, interesting. Just right under that, though, 424 in the chest before Moldorm. I think <laughs> that's an interesting uh, little tidbit there. Now, that number feels really small in comparison to 50,000. So, you know, we see a lot of people potentially checking those last few chests. You can see... The mini Helmosaur rooms as well, right before that in the 400s. Uh-huh. You know, we see a lot of folks checking. Um, and again, like you were saying, this is just data, grain of salt, all that. But it's fun to to see this and think what your odds are, are f- of finding potentially a, uh, a another bow there to give you silvers heading into the end of GT into Ganon. That happened in one of my Challenge Cup races. <laughs> also, also in one of my Challenge Cup races was the hammer in Ice Palace. Oh, so beautiful. All of this is... You live the dream. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> really, the the main thing or the the most joyful thing I'm taking away, especially from this sheet, is all the zeros that I'm seeing that yeah. reassure me that the flippers really can never be on Lake Hylia Island, and neither can be the mirror or the moon pearl. Or the Pegasus boots can't be in the library. You know, so seeing stuff like that always makes me go, all right, I guess, you know, everything's working fine. Yeah, it's also fun to, like, pick a zero and then mm-hmm. read it and be like, okay, why is that a zero? You yeah. Know? It's interesting. There's... Yeah, when you know why, that, that, that puts your mind at ease. Because sometimes you look at zero and it's like, man, how can that be? And then you see the location and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's pretty funny if you scroll down the last thing I'll say about this scroll town to row 94 and 95 and then just scroll to the right until you can <laughs> finally see where what that has to be in absolutely 100% of every seed. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I think was looking that's... at the zeros on that beforehand and just kind of laughing at you know, uh, yeah. they literally broke down everything in this. I yeah. think this is a bug, though, actually, because if you look back on the first sheet, the location percentage summary, Hyrule Castle on the right one has, like, two little asterisks besides it, and on the bottom it says, the uh, Hyrule Castle calculation is slightly off due to calculations with the dark room and back of escape being combined with the other chests which do not require items to obtain. So apparently there might be some kind of screwery going on. Yeah, so just hmm. to make sure it's said, what Herf was referring to is uh, ended up being the castle tower chests, which are zeros for absolutely everything except for two castle uh, keys, obviously. And that's 50,000 uh, times those were there, <laughs> literally every single time. So yep. I think it's cool to have as a constant, you know. But Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. So anyways, maybe this is something we'll, uh, you know, bust out in the future and kind of take another look at. But right now, um, I'm afraid we do need to move on. Um, So our next topic, um, Dancy, I just wanted to check in with you. Uh, When we recorded last time, you were uh, we were hours away from Andy's crowd control race at uh, AGDQ. So I, I wanted to check in and see, did you get a chance to see that? And if so, what were your thoughts? So uh, I went in for the, the start of it, and I think I stayed for about an hour and a half out of the three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was it was fun, but... Okay, so I, I love what they did. I, and I say this like with the utmost respect. Andy has like uh, the, the patience of a saint, because it was like three to four hundred dollars with the way it was scaling, or up to five hundred at one point to kill him. And chat just kept like bundling together to do it and i guess 500 dollars over a hundred plus thousand people watching really mm-hmm. isn't that much money mm-hmm. but at the same time I, I about the hour and a half mark i was you know sitting there thinking i've kind of had enough like being a competitive player it's really hard to it, it's fun to watch that and participate in a way because they did have ways where you could log into your gdq account from your phone and uh you know pull together and do things almost for free or for free basically Mm. um but the way it was the way it kind of panned out when i kind of had enough i think was probably about like 20 minutes of it or 10 to 20 minutes of it was andy unfortunately having to take the aga portal which he found out later he didn't need to do that but that's a different topic um but but basically taking the aga portal to walk all the way around the thieves town and right before he would get to where he wanted to like start checking again they would kill him and then it was okay start in the overworld start at the house go back to aga portal and then go all the way back around die again and 
it was um it was frustrating to watch <laughs> yeah but, i get that it but from... the money they raised i i, I say it's totally worth it and that was due to you know the, the money they raised for uh, the Prevent Cancer Foundation, and it was, since it was for a good cause, I can fully support it. Just from a, my my viewing, you know, I guess uh, bias, we'll call it that. It, it wasn't the best thing to to watch, but at the same time, like it's definitely a vod that if you want to go back and look at it, definitely worth skimming through. Unless you want to watch the whole thing and see the suffering, it's it is funny if you enjoy watching runners suffer as chat likes to do a lot of times, then. It's definitely mm. worth the watch from beginning to end, but other than yeah. that, I, I think it was a it was a great run, and everything they they did seemed to work almost without a hitch. There was something they were talking about where they they found out something it bugged out in a practice run, and it f- made two Ganon spawn in the Ganon fight, and so they found a way to do it, and they called it double Ganon, and they were queuing it up to happen during the Ganon fight, but it bug that bugged out, and then it didn't work. So we never really got to see the double Ganon fight thing happen. But other than that, I think everything from the Warp World side went off without a hitch. You know, Andy completed the seed. Just a little overestimate. And, of course, Chat gave him crap for it after they basically <laughs> made him overestimate. Yeah. But um, uh, I think one thing, uh, Andy may have said this on his stream, Twitter, I can't remember which. But they basically told them in the, the headset that when he was killing, about to kill Ganon, that if he did not kill Ganon on that run because of time constraints, they were going to kill his run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he was like super excited that he actually got to kill Ganon and finish nice. the run because of you know him being over that estimate somewhat. But yeah, it, it raised a ton of money. It was like something like I want to say it was was it like three million bits or something, or was it like one point five million bits? I, I know they got three million dollars for the whole event, but I know the bits are in cents. It was something ridiculous. Like it was just crazy watching the number go up. Yeah, it was crazy. What it costs to to do things to his game, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd love to see another crowd control thing. As many games as they've got supported now, um, I'd be interested really to see another. <clears throat> I guess a game that I don't look at from a competitive aspect for myself personally. I would love to see that at another GDQ to help raise some money. Because I mean, shoot, it's a cash grab. For sure, yeah. like it's it's definitely something that chat enjoys doing. Chat enjoys watching it, and it's raising money for good causes. So I don't really see a problem with that, considering how good these runners are with the games they play. I gotcha. Okay, so as a more experienced runner that watches a lot of rando, it was maybe a little tedious and just like you know, not anything you hadn't seen before, but. For someone who maybe hadn't seen it before, you know, oh, and we hear definitely, about, yeah, and we hear a lot of people who are saying that you know the the run at AGDQ or the race at STDQ or whatever is what gets them into rando in one way or another. Um, so I think it's cool that they had it as that. Um, you know, I I can definitely relate. I mean, I did I didn't get around to watching it, so I mean that's that's that was my solution right there. Is I I kind of had a feeling I would feel the same way, and so I. I I skipped out on this one, you know, I didn't watch it, but right. um, I can, I can sort of, I, I can like feel what you're talking about though. Like any, uh, I've been on a lot of like drum lines throughout my life, you know, um, and written drum line music and design shows and stuff like that. And so on TV, if I ever see a drum line and it's like for a commercial or something, you know, you just notice like how ridiculous they look when it's like actors trying to do it as opposed to 
you know, actual, you know, the actual percussionists that, that, you know, have spent years and years doing it, you know, and it's, it's almost like this is sort of like a, a cartoony sort of version of rando that's wacky and crazy to get people into it, but it's not, it's not the real thing. And if you like to watch the real thing, it's, it's a little bit different. I will say that if you enjoy, uh, you know, any of like Andy's runs at any GDQ, whether it be vanilla or rando and you love hearing Patty, uh, mm. which is a, another Twitch streamer. If you love, and, and they have a really good friendship from what I understand. If you love hearing Patty kind of berate Andy in you know, a comical manner uh, or in a kind of a rude, but yet playful manner, then it's definitely worth the watch. There is a lot of comedic value in it. Um, Emo Saro was also on the couch um, and uh, Emo Saro had some good, some good one-liners in there as well. So it, it was, it was entertaining in the, I'll say for the comedy aspect for me, uh, but as far as like watching high level rando and seeing stuff that gets you into wanting to race, that's that's where you know that's why we saw that that influx from GDQ in the past. We had those high level runners like Christos Owen versus Andy. Those mm-hmm. that was like the premier matchup at the time, and still a premier matchup. Like if those go those two go up against each other in a race, that's something you want to watch because of how good they both are at the game, the vanilla and the rando. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get a whole like influx of new racers, per se, like super competitive folks, but people who may want to watch Rando now, I think definitely uh, there could be a huge influx from that. So, you know, there, there's some there's some benefits, I believe, as far as the community goes from this. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. All right. Um, with that, let's go ahead and move on to our last one. Dancy, I'm going to put you on the clock for this. This is one that you brought um, I, I think it's great that you brought it. I think it's worth saying, but I don't want to spend a bunch of time on it. So you have exactly two minutes to tell us about the ALTTP AD tournament. All right. So this is the ALTTP Vanilla All Dungeons Tournament, and they're kicking that off. Uh, they had a basically a showcase race between Blaine and Zero Rush February 1st. It happened. Uh, I'm sorry. It wasn't February 1st. I'm an idiot. It was this past Saturday. <laughs> Uh, Fifteen the 20- seconds. January twenty fifth. I'm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you'd hold me to it. I was going to see no. how like how I, I tight was, we could but get. then I did that, and I just on- instantly felt terrible, so I oh, can't no. do it anymore. So yeah, January twenty fifth, they had a, a kickoff race. It was like chase the record because both of these runners are really good at the category. And for, if, if you're not familiar with it, what it is, it is a and I'm I'm very green around this category, but I've seen people running it. And it's really interesting to me, uh, mainly because I've been playing overworld glitches in rando myself recently. So um, it's restricted major glitches. So there's only certain major glitches you can do. But anyway, we're going to link a Discord invite. That is for the tournament if you kind of want to keep up with it or even want to learn a little bit uh, about the route. There is a full tutorial on that inside that Discord in the announcements section. That is like super useful. I've kind of glanced over it. I'm going to do a little more studying on that tonight, but they're looking to start the tournament or signups are going to open on March the 6th. I'm not sure the stipulations I haven't like on what you have to do. I think you have to have one time submitted for the category, but it doesn't have to be like any time threshold. And they're supposed to start those matches on March the 13th. So that's coming up pretty soon, about a month away. They're hoping to get 64 people, but you know, they said if they get more than that, they're willing to, you know, make the bracket work any way they need to, uh, or the the group stage and all that, they haven't really decided on how they want to do it until they see the sign up numbers. But yeah, if you're interested in like doing something that's not NMG, maybe you think that's like way out of your league, but you like doing crazy stuff in the game, this is worth checking out. I know uh, 
Verts and myself, Verts being one of the, the Go Mode podcast uh, mm-hmm. community members, that we've been chatting about it a little bit on Twitter. We're both showing a little bit of interest. I, I don't know if I'm going to enter the tournament, but it, it, I at least kind of want to learn the route and mm-hmm. see uh, how the game go, how, how the game can be played with some crazy glitches. You know, when you clip through a wall and show, like from uh, Tower of Hera, and all of a sudden you're in Swamp Palace, it's uh, kind of interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, learning, learning that aspect, I guess, is pretty good and you know it's kind of a gateway to playing those no logic randos as well but i haven't done that yet but maybe maybe one day <laughs> yeah no i mean that's that's a great way to build on your knowledge of the game in general i mean the more you learn how to just like run all the way through it inside out top to bottom the better you're going to get at movement at remembering where things are at routing absolutely yeah for sure and this is that tournament that we kind of mentioned we were kind of you know a lot of people were talking about that nmg prodigy tournament we, oh, we kind of yeah. plugged last uh, last episode this is the tournament they're waiting to conclude so i think from what basically Sinek had told me at gdq when this tournament that is coming up and starting march 13th when that concludes that's when we or around its conclusion we can probably start to expect to see some kind of announcement on the um on the uh, NMG Prodigy tournament. So if that's something that's, you know, piquing your interest from last episode, then this is, you know, something we can keep an eye on just to see when it's going to wrap up and see what the announcement's going to be. Okay, cool. Very good, very good. All right, Uh, with that, let's go ahead and let's set up this interview that we're getting ready to get into. Um, I just, we kind of dove right into it, but I wanted to make sure certain things were clear. So we're talking about ALTTPR League Season 2. Um, which uh, the league, the idea is uh, people assemble teams. Um, there's teams of three people, and there's going to be 32 teams. And uh, these, you know, the commissioners set up the, um, you know, the circumstances under which they'll be racing each other and which members race which members and what the game mode is and all that. Uh, and then they face off. And you're kind of ranked, you know, by what team you're on, not you as an individual. You know, for instance, you can maybe like take a week off your teammates race but you could still advance because they won um it, it, stuff like that is there anything else about ALTTPR league that we should state before we get into this interview dancy that you can think of i mean it's a we talk about it in the interview but definitely if you're kind of an outlier in the community and you're like i don't really know how to fit in um I'd say this is a, a huge I mean the go mode, go mode podcast community is a great way as well but you know just to make some closer just friends uh, I mean that's kind of one thing I did in season one was you know getting you know put together with a couple folks and uh, I still play rando with them we, we talk about that some I still play rando with them you know casually now and uh, you know it, it there's a lot of benefit to it I think there is always going to be more positive than negative in doing this just because you get to meet more people and it puts a completely different spin on rando sweet all right well with that let's run off into interview world okay here we are in interview world and we are very happy to have two guests here with us today um, quick note before we get any further, Herfy Durfee is having some uh, internet issues, so we're soldiering on without him. But we are joined by the two commissioners of the ALTTPR League. First, we have Sir Linkalot. Hi, everybody. And Fear Agent. How's it going? So, uh, first of all, thank you so much to both of you for joining us today. 
Excited to talk to you about ALTTPR League. Before we get started, though, uh, we'd like to know a little bit more about the two of you, specifically kind of your rando history. So, so Linkalot, let's let's start with you. What's your rando story? Uh, I got started with rando in 2017. I saw the race between Christos Owen and Andy during the uh, 2017 Hurricane Relief that GDQ put on. And I saw that, and I was like, I have to start playing this, and I did, and I never looked back at that point. Excellent. What about you, Fear? It was, I think it was AGDQ 2018. I think it was Christos versus Andy as well. And I want to say they did the swordless mode, if I'm remembering right. It's kind of a blur at this point. But uh, I started watching that, and, and Link to the Past has always been my favorite game. Uh, and... I was like, well, this randomizer thing seems pretty cool, but I was never, I've never been a speedrunner, so I never really thought about it. And then I started watching, uh, the spring tournament, the one that had like 512 people participate in it. Yeah. And, uh, I started learning about it and I was like, oh, it seems like anybody could do this. So let's give it a shot. And, uh, yeah, eventually July was my first race 2018. And uh, Fear Agent might seem like a familiar name uh, due to being on the list as one of the members of the Racing Council. Fear, what's it like being on the the Racing Council? Stressful. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting that, but it does make sense. It's it's tough. It's like, um, well, I, I love the community. I love the rando community. And I'm super involved in, I have my fingers like in everything. And, uh. When the council was announced or applications, I just threw it out there because I run the league and I thought it'd be good to have like a representative from the league on the council. And uh, it's it's hard because everyone's got a different opinion on what randomizer should be uh, and trying to get 17 people to work together is, is tough. Um, but the, t- the group has been awesome. And, uh, you know, we've had to deal with a lot of like ch- cheating stuff, which is the part of the council that I'm least familiar with. I'm not good at catching cheaters. And you guys had act the Boker on and he mm-hmm. sort of helped me and helped us learn more about being active in, in looking for and catching the people that are cheating. But that's, <laughs> it's been a lot of it in the last six months. So it's been pretty stressful. Yeah. You guys have had some tough decisions to make, but virtually everyone I come across that comments on it, uh, usually starts by saying some combination of, you know, we understand how hard their jobs are and we think they're doing a great job. And I definitely agree with that too. Thanks. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. It is fun. I mean, I, like I said, I love the community. So trying to help usher the community forward is, um, is something I really enjoy. And, uh, so yeah, it's fun to be a part of the council. Yeah. So Dante has put together some questions about ALTTPR League uh, that he's going to run through with us. But before that, uh, it, one of the main reasons that we have you guys on is uh, to make an announcement of sorts. So maybe we should just kind of start with that announcement. I'll link it in the time codes so that people can jump straight to it. Um, but what what is the big ALTTPR League announcement that we have to go over? Well, I, I think we're just officially announcing. I think we've announced the dates, but this is we're actually releasing the document. Uh, when this episode is released. So uh, everything that we've had, uh, we've given some some vague dates, like we're starting in March and when registration is and, and what the weeks are, but we're releasing the, the actual official season two uh, documentation. So 
it'll have all of the information available for for the league, including which weeks are are which and uh, the weights for the the mystery and the divisions and and just all the information. It's just gonna be a big information dump. So. Awesome. Well, we are uh, honored to be, you know, uh, concurrently releasing this episode alongside the time that you guys release all those documents. Um, so you'll, you'll have a lot of reading to do to kind of uh, get into that. This can kind of be sort of an audio companion to that because yep. we are going to go over a lot of, you know, what's in that document. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to our main man, Dante. Um, and uh, I understand you've got some questions for our guests. Yeah, I've kind of compiled a few things. You know, we we chatted with these guys uh, before we brought them on and kind of just came up with a few questions. Uh, first off, I do want to say thank you guys for coming up here and uh, uh, promoing the league. I'm personally really excited for the league coming up. Uh, so I guess, like, first thing we want to ask, um, you know, I- I'm sure from an outsider perspective, especially like maybe the Twitch audience, you see that, you know, it's kind of like a tournament. So... I guess a question that could be on some people's minds that, uh, I mean, maybe you guys can clarify for us. So what, what technically will say, we could say sets the league apart from that yearly main tournament. Like, is there uh, pros and cons, I guess, to saying like, this is completely different or maybe the same, uh, uh, well, fear we could start with you. Is there something you want to talk about that maybe kind of sets this apart? Yeah. So when I came up with the league last year, um, the idea was to, involve teams that was the big thing is like randomizer is super fun and um, you know you have like two sorts of races you've got like the dailies and the weeklies where you you just race against like 30 to 100 people right and then you've got the tournament stuff that is one-on-one um and regardless of either one of those modes you're doing it on your own and i the thing that i love about the community is the people and uh and like multi-world is sort of like what i don't think multi-world was around when the first league season started but like that community aspect of playing together and so right. um i thought like let's what how can i put a league together like a, the idea was to put teams together and kind of have like a, t- a tournament and just base it like uh, again the idea with, with a league would be that it would go seasons and you could keep the teams together and that, and that kind of thing and have some sort of like continuity. Um, but rando together and, um, it was better than I could have ever imagined, <laughs> but that's sort of what did that separates it between, uh, like any other tournament because any other tournament it's one-on-one and anybody, if you ask anybody that participated in season one of the league, one of the most fun aspects of the league is the fact that you are playing for other people, your wins and losses affect other people. And, uh, it, it adds excitement and it makes, um, a randomizer a a bit more social and fun in my opinion. So. Great. Yeah. I, I could say from my experience of playing in the league last year, you know, that whole playing for other people, so to speak, really, kind of hit home with me you know it was a few matches where i was like you know for instance the cross keys week from last year i you know i was really shaky going into that but my two teammates believed in me so that Mm -hmm. it kind of gave me that extra drive to improve in that and at the same time it uh it gave me the confidence i needed to you know at least go into it saying i've got nothing to lose let's just knock this out 
Right. I, you know, so uh, win or lose, it's one of those things of, you know, you've got, you feel like you've got friends at that point or you make friends along the way and they've got your back. Um, yeah. It was cool lot- to see oh, teams come together. Sorry. It was cool to see teams come together because some people came in with their friends and then some just posted in our Discord looking for a team. And there's one team I'd like to point out. It's Team Leftovers with um, Mystic, Top Life, and Days Cloud. And they didn't know each other at all. They just oh, teamed wow. up together. And now the three of them like rando all the time and they're like friends. <laughs> it's awesome. to me that like that's like one of the things that I love the most about the league is it just brought people together that we have this common interest, but probably never would have gotten together unless it was something <laughs> randomly bringing them together anyways. So, uh, I, I look at that team as an example of what other teams could be. So if people join and they don't necessarily have friends in the community, it's a way to make friends. Oh, definitely for sure. And you know, I didn't, I mean, personally, I didn't know Eddie on my team that well before the league started and uh, sailor Nep and Eddie had already teamed up and Nep came to me and said, Hey, there's this league thing going on. Do you want to do it? I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'll give it a shot. And now, it's a similar situation. We Nep and I did have some, you know, background of uh, being friends in rando and such beforehand. But uh, you know, we still play rando together and you know do co-ops and stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. that, uh, that's it's it's not just that. I mean, that one team that sounds that's fantastic to me. Like I had no idea about the history with that team, and I'm sure there's others that are the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah, but that's that's phenomenal to hear. Um, Link a lot. Do you have anything you want to? add on top of that uh, uh, as far as like anything that sets the league apart from that yearly main tournament I mean the the big thing is the teams and I can kind of speak from experience how fair brought up team leftovers my team that I was on in season one was actually built based on the chat I didn't know either one of my team members before we actually started uh, the league we just kind of met each other in the chat that we were all looking for a team we put the team together and you know, just kind of support each other through the entire season. I know the team, we didn't do so great, but we, we had a lot of fun doing it regardless of, you know, the wins or losses. Just kind of everybody improved um, quite a bit during the season. Yeah, And, it's- and are, are you guys still thick as thieves now? <laughs> we, we still talk a little bit. Uh, we're not getting back together for season two. Uh, I'm joining a different team, which is we're kind of keeping a surprise on who the other two members are. So you'll, you'll, you'll see when signups happen. So very cool. Mm, okay. A little secrecy here. I like it. Um, so this is a big question. Uh, a lot of players that I've seen kind of chattering about the league and dis- different discords, uh, newer players, uh, that maybe not feel so, you know, they didn't, maybe they didn't qualify for the main tournament. Maybe they did really poorly in the main tournament qualifiers and they just don't feel like they can complete or compete rather uh, very well against top tier runners. So I guess a question, if I'm in their shoes, why should I join the league if I don't think I can compete? Like what are the pros of me, a newer player joining up in the league? I actually think Sir Link, you got or Link a lot. You have a good answer for this. Um, there's uh, you, you faced Hitzian in the, uh, cross keys which was he uh, his team team awesome ended up winning the the uh this first season and uh and hitsian is like a really high high ranked top tier player especially when it comes to cross keys which is a very intimidating uh r- a format to race and 
I guess Link. Do you want, sir Link? Do you want to tell them what happened? Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. It was. I. What, I want to say week five was cross. Yeah. I think so. Season yeah. one. Um. And they were under undefe- their team. Awesome at the time was un- completely undefeated, and. I told my team when we were like deciding initially, like when who's going to take which week, that I immediately said I'll take cross keys, even though I'd never done it before. Never done it. And That's make this is clear. <laughs> he had never yeah. ran cross keys before. Yeah, uh, my first cross keys that I had ran was the day before the race to do a practice to get familiar with it. Wow. I'd done like regular entrance and things like that, but uh, when it came down to it, I'm just I'm just going to have fun with the mode and so, see what happens. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like what what made you like it sounds like you were hell bent on doing this from the beginning like what what was it that made you want to play the cross keys so bad the biggest thing was and this has to do with the challenge cup um from last year because i couldn't do qualifiers for the 2018 fall tournament because of my work schedule so i just joined the challenge cup immediately mm-hmm. and i stayed in my comfort zone pretty much when it came to rando i would only play opener standard modes and with the way the group phase was uh walter the fourth um, pushed me into a hard, swordless, all-dungeon seat. Oh, wow. And I had never touched hard mode. I had never touched swordless mode or anything. So I figured I'm going to lose this race, but I'm going to enjoy it and see what I can and learn from it and get better. I only ended up losing by like 15 minutes to Walter, but that kind of showed me that if I want to get better, I need to get out of my comfort zone. I need to just play modes that I might not just grab on my own. And then when I started playing cross keys, the first one, I'm like, okay, I actually really enjoy this mode. And then when I beat Hits again, I'm like, okay, this was really fun. And then the cross keys tournament happened. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to continue playing this mode and enjoying it. Yeah, he brushed over that, but he beat Hitsian that week, which gave Team Awesome their first loss. And uh, again, Sir Link just just started playing cross keys. And so that's the thing. It's like a, a, a big hurdle to get over when playing uh, some of the bigger names in Rando is just doing it. Mm-hmm. Are finding even opportunities to do it, and the league lets you do that with your teammates, so it takes away some of that pressure, and it allows you to um, test yourself. And honestly, that's if you want to get better at anything, you have to, uh, you know, test yourself against other other people. And um, the more you push yourself, you know, the more the the better you can get. I'm not trying to motivate anybody here, but like, you know flex on them dante right like you gotta <laughs> well you are so. <laughs> you gotta uh <laughs> there, it, it, there's definitely an element of like a any given sunday kind of thing right where like yeah. It, it, yeah any race could go any way you know and that's the thing is like that's what makes randomizer great over i'm i mean nmg's fine or whatever but like the reason i love rando is that anybody can win any race and so um you know when you have two other people that are propping you up or that you're racing for, it just sort of adds um, some of that energy to it. And, you know, you, you'll likely lose when you're playing against, you know, some of the gem and, and some of the bigger names, but uh, just the fact that you raced against them and, and competed usually is a win. So yeah. nobody should be ashamed about, or, or feel like they they don't belong in the league, and that's that's another reason why the league is awesome. Is there are tier team like top tier teams that are probably going to crush most teams, um, mm-hmm. but losing with your friends is be- is better than losing by yourself. That's for I like sure. That. Yeah, when you lose in a you know in a main tournament, it's like, well, I have totally you know I made the wrong plays, I made an execution error, just whatever. It's all on you. 
Um, that, that's that, that was one thing that actually stressed me out in season one was like, I didn't want to let my team down. Mm-hmm. That was, and it gave me an, a little extra drive to think about my decision making a little more. Uh, I think, you know, I'm kind of, uh, reminiscing here. I just remember I learned to hover like consistently during <laughs> the league last year. And mm-hmm. if I was playing alone, I was like, I'm just going to bust this out in a race just to try it. But when I had other people to think about, and we were, I think at the time we were, you know, on the, the bubble for the playoffs, I was like, you know, maybe I should play things safe. I'd rather lose two or three seconds to get something that I know I'm not going to fail and then potentially lose, you know, another like 20 seconds doing something stupid. So it does, it gives a new perspective, I think, personally, at least from my uh, my take on it last year. For sure. Um, well, awesome. So here's another question for you guys. The team system, we've been talking about that. So, Fear, when you were coming up with this, um, how did you decide on that magic number of how many players per team? You know, how, did you weigh it as twos, threes, fours at one point? Uh, how did you get to the point we are now with the, the three-team system? Three is just a really good number. I don't know. It's hard to remember back then because the league actually, you know, like when I was dreaming up the league, it was like, um, I think originally it was like a weekly race and like you would send out a team member to race originally. Like I had like all these different ideas and I, I used discord to just ask everyone's opinion on like what would work and what wouldn't work. And for some reason, I think I never really thought of a number outside of three. I think three just ended up working really well. Uh, I feel like two is not really, I mean, technically would be a team, but this doesn't feel enough uh, Four, we start, I, you know, like season one, I was worried about numbers. I wasn't sure we could even get enough people to participate in season one. I was really wrong. Um, and so three just sort of ended up being like the number that worked. Um, I, you know, I, the, I think the number three was, um, I tried to make, we were coming off of uh, the, last the 2018 fall tournament and if anyone remembers the 2018 fall tournament it was a grind uh it was like 15 matches and a lot of the matches didn't matter and it was just it was so easy to get burnt out from that tournament because everyone was racing so much and a lot of the races didn't even matter because it was like groups of five and two advanced and so then you're racing people and it again it didn't really affect much and it was just a lot of it was just a grind. And so I was like trying to come up with a way to like have fun with the tournament, but alleviate the grind. And with uh, two races per week between three people, it's you're not going to get burned out. I think that was really the idea. So Yeah. And, and that was that was a big proponent. I'll say for me, you know, I didn't advance past group stage in that fall tournament. But I remember I was like 15 games you know that <laughs> it's real easy like i learned a lot in that time but holy cow like at the yeah. when i was done i was like i'm glad i'm not in brackets because <laughs> yeah. it, yeah, it that was feels just like a, stage. a second job at that point and uh i'm i'm not a you know full-time streamer just playing rando right. so uh yeah it's it's definitely that way so um link a lot let me let me pose this next question to you um so with the team system, uh, how many how many were there in season one? And uh, with that being you know last year twenty nineteen, and what are we expecting or what are we hoping for here in season two? 
Uh, well, as far as teams participants, we had 16 teams in season one with three people per team. Uh, so we had 48, if I'm doing my math correctly. Um, we're hoping to double that. Uh, we want to have 32 teams with three players a team for season two. Um, I know Fear, like he said, I wasn't a mod at the time when the league season one started. But if I'm not mistaken, Fear will probably correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I don't even think it took 24 hours, maybe just over 24 hours for the 16 teams to fill up. Wow. Yeah, I was worried that the numbers, I was worried about filling 16 teams and then 16 teams wasn't enough because it was, it was, (laughs) it was filled. I mean, the last couple teams literally just filled each other with people that they could get because they wanted to make sure they signed up for the league in time because the spots went so fast. So, yeah. That's insane. I do remember seeing some people in the Discord asking, hey, is this closed off? Like, just a couple days after it went live and you know you guys were saying yeah unfortunately you know it's it's unfortunate and fortunate that you know you've reached your max capacity uh really quickly you hit the goal which was uh, that's that's insane and amazing yeah real quick question just because i've sort of been wondering are you guys going with kind of styling season one season two or are you going to you know more like sports look at it by year you know uh season the, the 19th season the 20 season uh, that's a great question. I, right now we're going by season one, season two, uh, just in case. Uh, well, after season one, the idea was actually to run season two spring and fall, but uh, we didn't want to overlap with the main tournament. Like we, we weren't there to compete with the main tournament and uh, the main tournament ended up getting pushed back till November, I think was when it started. And if we had known that we would run season two earlier, um, so we might, depending on how things go with season, season two, there might be season three in 2020. We're not sure. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. Uh, yeah. I was just wondering, like, as I was writing, I was like, I feel like I'm talking about a TV show or something. <laughs> season one, season two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, leak a lot. I'm going to start with you for this next one here. This is something I've been curious about. So both of you guys were involved in the administrative style positions for season one. Uh, from the season one aspect or your perspective, what were some of the best things and the worst things looking back at season one that I guess I'll say you, with the bad things you're hoping to correct on season two or the good things you want to build on for season two? I mean, season one, I would say definitely one of the best things is just how exciting it got just from the get-go like just kind of how we said with signups how fear didn't think he was going to be able to get the people and he didn't even have to wait a day it's like um okay we're already done with signups at this point um and just throughout the league like even if you weren't a part of the league as far as one of the teams just people cheering on like their favorite teams or just seeing your you know team members actually in the chat just watching the race you know having that uh vested interest in it because your teammate is running and you know wanting them to do well so that way especially when you go back and watch the race if it was restream you could kind of see your teammates cheering you on through the entire thing uh that was definitely one of the best things i saw just the excitement uh how excited it was as far as the worst and i know this is definitely something we corrected um during the off season was there were only six weeks for the regular season so there was one team that you didn't actually play um, in the regular season and it with the way the tiebreakers were set up there very well may have been something to where a team that 
didn't make the playoffs might have because you know they didn't play one of the stronger teams or one of the weaker teams and somebody who didn't make the playoffs had to you know they avoided one of the weaker teams right at that point um but we made sure this week it or this season there are seven weeks so you will play every single team once well that, that's good it'll that, that'll add a lot of symmetry for it and if I guess if that's like the worst thing in your mind that that happened out of season one, considering how successful everything was, that's I'd say it's a huge win. Uh, fear, I guess, same question. I mean, it may be it may be the same answers, but um, you know, what what are, what are the best and the worst things uh, in your opinion uh, from season one? Well, uh, Linklar answered it. I think for the league, like the actual answer for us as admins and mods, is it, he nailed it. For me personally the best thing was how successful it was uh because i you know i kind of put myself into it and put my all into it like we have a website and we ended up getting restreamed on on speed gaming and um and the feedback was like super positive and how much everyone like enjoyed it and when was season two coming like all that stuff was awesome the the bad part was I was I was way over my head in, in everything. Uh, I didn't really have a mod team yet. I had uh, just a couple of people on my mod team. Um, like I don't even think a Linkalot wasn't even an, an original mod. Um, he just um, volunteered and was like super helpful and ended up carrying a lot of slack for me. But it was like uh, it was very stressful. It was a very stressful eight weeks for me because. Uh, I had to do everything um, and it was, I'm not a math guy. And so there's a lot of math that goes on in like calculating how everything works out. And uh, it was, it was just a really stressful two months for me. Um, but this season we've got like an amazing mod team, including uh go mode podcast uh, host Dante. So <laughs> hopefully I can, uh, add some some positive benefit to the mod team uh we'll see i'll just i'm gonna be there to keep fear's headaches uh to a minimum to a minimum that's good and so you mentioned uh link a lot doing a lot of volunteering in uh, season one and kind of stepping up into that mod role so coming up here into season two uh i know there is a discord for the league if people are in that looking for a team or just looking to get involved is there opportunities or are there opportunities for people to volunteer if they want to help out and if so what's the best way for them to do so well we're always looking for commentators and trackers um when this is released we'll open up the commentator and tracker um, sign up forms so you can uh volunteer for that but- yeah, we'll put those in the description of this uh, episode for sure. And um, I'm always looking for mods as well. So if you're if you are helpful and and want to like help steer the direction of the the league and you're trustworthy, uh, t- message me because uh, I, I the more mods the better. I will say because <laughs> it's less likely that it's going to be that much more stressful for me. Like, like I said, season one was, was very stressful with all, I mean, we restreamed. I want to say we restreamed every match. There might've been one or two. We didn't, but that's a lot mm-hmm. of games. And as an SG helper, um, I had to make sure that all of them were like, all the runners were ready and all, everything was like cropped and, and restreamed. And we had someone doing commentary. It was stressful. So we're doubling that 
So anybody that's uh, anybody that wants to help, uh, yeah, just message message me or we'll find we'll find something for you to do. You'll point them yeah. to your trusty uh, com mod, right? If they want to get yeah, a commentary, right. yeah, I think yeah. Sir Link a lot sure. right here. Yeah, aren't aren't <laughs> yeah. you a com mod too? Yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna say me. I was gonna <laughs> say Link a lot. <laughs> oh man, that was that was good. Um, all right, so season two. Let's let's talk about it. Uh, I'm assuming seven seven weeks for this. Is that correct? Seven weeks. Yep. It's for the, for the regular season. Okay. So on that topic of the regular season, uh, do you guys want to kind of take turns break down um, what the game modes are going to be? Because I, I from what happened in season one, if anybody of the listeners are familiar with it, uh, we didn't just play open seven seven. You know, yep. or open defeat Ganon the whole time. There was a lot of different modes. We mentioned cross keys already. So, uh, do you guys want to break down the modes for us uh, for season two? Sure. Um, you know, when when doing the modes, it was uh, season one. It's hard because I like to just run open and standard modes, but we had cross keys and things like that. I was worried, like, oh man, I need to find somebody that can run cross keys. That was always the big one. <laughs> is I don't run cross keys, so can we find teammates that can do it? And it ended up end up like turning on people to cross keys, which was really crazy. Um, so season two cross keys will return, uh, but week one, we have open defeat Ganon, just the normal standard. See, we're going to start out with, uh, as vanilla as it can get. So it's basically the same as say like a tournament qualifier. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. No hints. Hints will not be enabled during the season. Um, Oh, bless. Yeah. (laughs) Item. Uh, as a, as a council member, I gotta tell you, I fought hard to remove hints as like a staple for, uh, for, for seeds. And, uh, so as a, as the admin for the, for the league, I, I, uh, stand by that as well. Pull a little bit of rank. Exactly. Um, (laughs) I I don't, yeah. You want to give them season two or uh, week two? Yeah. And I I was just going to say, I don't think there was actually any arguments when you said we're not doing hints. I don't think anybody actually said anything about (laughs) trying to even fight against that. Like, yeah, yeah, no, nobody wants hints. So yeah, this is done. Um, Week two, though, is going to be, it's a standard assured weapon, uh, it's called Ambrosia, so the bosses are going to be guaranteed to have at least some item, they're not going to have a worthless key, map, or compass, or anything like that. Yeah, one of our uh, bi-weekly seeds was an Ambrosia seed a few episodes back, I believe. Those are fun. Yeah, yeah Blaine started that a few years, or a while back, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it caught on for a while, and I haven't seen people running it as much, probably just because of the tournament. But uh, it's standard assured weapon is like the best mode. So yeah, it's fun. Uh, week yeah, three, it, we're going to do. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it feels like Ambrosia feels a lot like to me early game NMG, where yeah. you know the difference being you know where the it, it kind of lets you know where the boots are, but you know in NMG you know you're going to get them soon. But with the the uncle telling you, you know, could be <laughs> Turtle Rock. It's like, well, that's going to be a while. So yeah, uh, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, week three. Yeah, week three is also an open defeat Ganon uh, with seven GT, seven Ganon crystals, but it's an enemizer seed with full boss shuffle. So that's going to be overworld enemies shuffled as well as the bosses? That's correct. Okay, and you said shuffle, so I want to clarify. It's, that's actually going to be like one of each shuffled around. It's not the chaos where we could see like... Right. 52 Vitreuses. Exactly. So each, I think it's, what is it? Each boss gets shuffled once, and then there's a couple that are can show up twice. I'm not even fully, I don't know Enemizer as well. I don't run it that often, but I know there's a couple, like, what is it? 
in the in the vanilla game, there's two Armos Knights, there's two Landmolus, right, and two Moldorms, right. So it's the same sort of combination. And I like that, and I, I say that because it it still puts a little bit of value in finding an ice rod, because yep. that means a Trinex is going to be somewhere. You don't know if it's a pendant dungeon, but there's going to be a Trinex somewhere along the way, so you may or may not need it. Uh, Intimizer, to me, is, is a really fun mode. A, a lot of people do give it a lot of grief, and sometimes it can be pretty miserable, but it'll it keeps you on your feet, I think, and it's, I think that's a good addition to Rando. And I think the, the the way we have it set up is it's not too crazy. It's not like damage shuffle or anything like that. It's just the enemies are shuffled around. And if you can pay attention to what bosses you've killed, you'll have an idea of what you could come up against. And there's certain bosses that can't be in certain dungeons yeah. from, from what I believe. So you just kind of got to figure that out. Um, but yeah, full boss shuffle is pretty fun. That's week gonna three? Say that was week three, yeah. Yeah, that's week three. Yeah, I think I was going to say, I know when we finished season one, we did like a little feedback form for everybody to fill out, and we got quite a few, and I, like one of the questions we asked was like, what mode would you want to see next season? And Enemizer was easily one of the ones that was stated the most that they would like to see next season. Did we not do Enemizer first season? We didn't? No. Nope. Oh, okay. No. We had uh, like two, I think we had two That's open right. seven sevens, a standard seven seven cross keys, um, co-op info share, mm-hmm. and I forget what the last okay. one was. I think the reason we got a taste of Enemizer in season one, but it wasn't until playoffs when, uh, you know, you got to games, I think it were, was four and five where people could pick yeah. the game mode uh, with like, I think a veto or something like that as well. So, you know, you got to see some really exciting matches at that point, but if you didn't, if you don't have any prior Enemizer experience throughout the regular season or even before that, then you know, you may be up the creek without a paddle. So I, I like that it's being added into the regular season. Um, so we're going to move link a lot, move along. Let's see week four. What do we have? So week four, I can't tell you what we're going to have because it's a mystery seed. So um, who, who knows what you're going to get? More than likely, um, every game that you see that week is going to be something unique. Uh, the one thing we did do, because I know there are, you know, some people that are kind of scared of mystery seeds because you can't get, you know, dreaded insanity entrance, you know, crazy things like that. Uh, we did, you know, we discussed it a lot, what we wanted to do with weights when it came to the mystery week. We did remove a lot of the, like, the crazier things yeah. um, or, or like, set the percentage of it happening very low. Like, insanity entrance um, cannot happen. It will not happen. Mm. Um, cross, cross entrance, you know, it's something that's in a week itself, so that potentially could happen but a lot of the difficult ones have just been entirely removed so you know newer players if they're worried about mystery be like oh, i'm not playing just because of mystery week because i'll get something that i can't do and i'll just have to forfeit uh most of those are removed or very 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 low chance yeah there's no zero zero ganon fights i think the lowest it could be is three three but even then it's yeah. pretty low um yeah we try to weight it to be competitive but not insane yeah, that there's makes a lot sense. of debate that went into it. So, and I know that um, the the YAML file for the I guess the the weights have base has basically been pushed to uh, Sahashalobot. Yep. So uh, we can you know uh, I'm taking Temp's line here. We can link that in the description of this episode, <laughs> and that way people can see what the weights are. Because I mean I, I mean I'll be honest. I, I I was in a little bit of the discussion here with with Fear and Link a lot. 
uh, when we were deciding on these modes, but it kind of had slipped my mind because I've been playing all kinds of mystery seeds. So yeah. I had gone Mostly back and crazy. I had gone back and looked at it, and uh, it's it's really informative to kind of see what your percentage chance of something popping up. And a lot of it, like they said, the harder stuff is kind of low. The the quicker game modes are a lower percent chance. So we should see something somewhat normal, but it may be slightly different. So uh, yeah, I think you're yeah. more likely to get like a full entrance than a cross entrance, which is a simpler sort of entrance mode. Uh, but even that is pretty low. Um, it's a it's a, actually a good way to do a mystery seed, which you you could do right. Anybody could do it right now using the mystery command in Sasha Bot. It's mystery or money sign mystery league. I think that will get you that seed. So, yep. We might even have one for you to sample <laughs> at the release of this episode. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking be, of entrance, that was week four. That's week four. So week five, we are doing cross keys, which is um, it's not defeat Ganon. It's um, fast Ganon, which is pretty standard for a cross keys race which means you don't necessarily have to kill Agatu, but you still might need to do it. Uh, you never know. But this is a mode that's um, very intimidating. Like, I literally just started running cross keys a couple months ago. Maybe not even that, like a month ago. Um, and I've been playing for a couple years. So I understand the uh, how intimidating it can be, but once you start playing it, it's pretty addicting. So Yeah, it's teammates definitely... That Having teammates that can run it also helps, which I did for season one. Yeah, cross keys is definitely a, an interesting spin. I know we've we've talked about it. I say we, but it, it was back before my time on the podcast of talking about entrance rando with Korak, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. that that helped me out. Uh, you know, kind of getting his take of it. Being Korak being a very seasoned runner in that mode, and I, I I still my personal take, and this is this is one of my hot takes, is that cross keys is dumb luck because you just gotta. <laughs> did I wander into an entrance? Like the biggest thing for that was I kept finding progression in one of the qualifiers for that cross keys tournament, and uh, I just kept following it. I'm like, man, where is my hammer? Literally, it was in Sphere Zero. Could have walked right over to Sahashala's <laughs> hut on the overworld and grabbed it. And I got it in an hour and a half. And I was like, man, I'd be doing so much better if I had this hammer before now. But um, apparently, there's ways to read that logic. I have not figured that out yet. But that's part of the the appeal of that mode of just how how crazy it could be. So I'm I'm really excited to see. I say that with my teeth gritted. Really excited to see that back in the league <laughs> this season. Oh, so. Uh, Follow it. What's the week after that? Uh, so week six, and this is something new. We did not have this in season one. Uh, one of the big discussions we kind of had during the off season, um, especially we had a nice little like private focus group where we invited like I think we had five members um, join just so like any ideas the mods came up with, we could bounce off the focus group and get opinions outside of the mod team. Um, just you know, regular runners opinions but um week six is going to be we wanted to have some more team-based um, or co-op type races and what we came up with uh was it is a spoiler race um which if you're used to spoiler races where you know the runner gets the spoiler log usually 15 minutes before they start so they can kind of plan what they're going to do um, the spoiler log is not actually going to be given until 
probably very shortly before the word go. We're talking like seconds mm -hmm. before the race actually starts. The runner does not get the spoiler log, though. One of their teammates, um, whoever they decide, they are going to get the spoiler log, and they're basically going to have to guide them through the seed. Um, but that is going to be a, just a full key sanity seed as well. Um, that was kind of like one of my big ideas throughout the off season. Um, I love the spoiler log. I didn't have a chance to participate in the spoiler log tournament. And then, um, so I kind of, with everything else, it was the go mode, um, podcast mentor tournament, um, mm -hmm. kind of gave me this idea. It's like, well, what if I combine the spoiler log tournament with a go mode podcast mentor to where we have a, you know, two runners of potentially very high skill level, um, getting read the seed by somebody, maybe not at that skill level and see how it goes. And I know me and Dante uh, ran kind of a test. Um, it was a very, very kind seed. I think we finished it just under an hour. It was like still. 51 oh, wow. minutes. That was literally the nicest key sanity sure seed. That, and I, I remember I was streaming that on an alt channel. Uh, Linkalot was piloting me, and Fear was kind of watching. And Fear was mainly the only person watching besides Linkalot just to see how this would go through. And to begin with, we were like, well, what if this is too short? But... At the same time, it was also, well, this one was really, really nice. So after playing a few more, you realize, okay, it's still at least in that hour 20, hour 10, hour 20 range. You know, getting something sub one hour is very, uh, I'll say rare, I think. Mm -hmm. This is the, f this is crazy because no one's ever done this. This is like a, something that's completely brand new where we're doing a co-op uh, spoiler and only one person is playing. And I will say this, I've done one. It is the most stressed I've ever been racing. And I wasn't even racing. I was the pilot because you're trying to get as much information and parse it and tell them where to go and plan. And, you know, usually in a spoiler law, you just have to figure out which items you need, but now you got to figure out which keys you need. You're like, Oh, well the boots are in the Eastern palace big key chest. Oh wait, well where's the big key for Eastern palace. And then, so you're Googling and searching. This is the mode you need to practice the most with your team because it is the hardest mode for sure. It sounds a lot to me like something that I've heard Sinek talk about that he'll run at live events like GDQs and yeah. things um, called Keep Talking and Nobody Last Locations that takes it, I think, even a step further where one person has the item spoiler, another person has an entrance spoiler, mm -hmm. and then a third person runs it, uh, and it's obviously cross keys. Um, but yeah, I, I always love the idea of, you know, okay, one person's driving, you know, playing the game or whatever, but there's still a lot that other people could do to help. And I think this is a really neat application of that too. And if you want to see an application of it, we actually played it in an exhibition match. Well, I didn't, uh, it was, um, the Titans mitts versus old swagger Jackson, um, which we have on our, uh, YouTube page the league YouTube page. So I'm sure we can get a link for that as well. So if you kind of yeah, want to get an idea of what it, what it's like and uh, how chaotic it is in the beginning, like the first, I want to say 30 minutes are pretty chaotic and, uh, but, but it's super fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw a link uh, to that race in the description on that YouTube page. All right. What is our final week? Final week is my favorite mode and a mode I, had to fight against every instinct that I have to make every single week be this mode. And that's a uh, co-op info share all dungeons. Um, it's you and, a, you and your, uh, one of your teammates 
running in both running an old dungeon seed and you're just sharing information about where items are. So you don't have any like documentation or anything like that. You just, uh, I go left, you go right. And we find out the items and, and tell each other what to get. And you have to complete all of the dungeons. Both runners have to complete all of the dungeons. So kill Aga, defeat Ganon. And, uh, you take an average of the times and, and see who wins. It's, it's my most favorite mode to run. It's the best. I do like that it's, it's cool. average times instead of, you know, the last time. Because if you get someone that does accidentally hit that god route, you do get a little rewarded for that. Um, you know, you don't have to pull your yeah. your your partner off of, off of uh, you know, what they're checking. Because that may be just as important to know you can avoid it or where the key is for that specific dungeon. Especially with it being all dungeons and, and yeah. so on. It's uh it I'm I'm not joking. And if you haven't done a co-op info share, get a buddy and go run it. It's it's the best. We race them quite a bit in the casual Discord. It's it's a fun mode. And you can even last location stuff in it. So which That's that's the best. I've, that's when you I've really done know plenty of times and it it's fun because it's fun because you're doing it with somebody else. Yeah, the suffering's not alone. Uh, I'll say that there's been a couple times I've done some of those like just pick up co-op races and we last location something and it's like, man, I'm really glad that I wasn't playing this one by myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, misery does enjoy company. So All right, with with the regular season wrapping up there, let's let's quickly move on um, playoffs. So how are the playoffs going to work for this season and um, what are the game modes going to be? Uh, well, we do. um Based off of your your standing in your division, the top three teams of each division make the playoffs. Uh, we have four divisions, so there'll be four teams with a bye week, so they don't have to play round one. Uh, teams two and three will face off against each other, and uh, it's best of three between five games. So um, game one will be raced by... When you sign up for the league, each player has a designation. Last year was A, B, and C. Linklock came up with a clever idea of getting rid of the A, B, and C, and it's now uh, Courage, Wisdom, and Power. Ooh. So uh, players' Courage will play um, Open, Defeat Ganon, just a regular tournament seed. Uh, players' Wisdom will do the Ambrosia seed. And then players' power, the higher-ranked team will get to choose the settings for the mode uh, with a veto by the lower seed. And if there's any more games after that, um, you know, a team could go 2-0 and and 2-1 and and, and win in advance. But if there's game four, um, you will select one other runner, to, one of your runners to run. And the lower seed will choose the mode with one veto by the higher seed. And then if a game five is needed... The higher seed gets to choose the mode with one veto by the lower seed. So um, if there's five okay. games, uh, one runner can run two, two, two times that week, if that makes so sense. To, I know it's a lot of information. It's all on the on the dock. To clarify really quick, I think you said best of three. So what is it? It's first, best of, I'm sorry. First, best, first, of first of three. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. First of three. First two, three, best of five, basically. Yeah. Correct. Sorry. Okay. That makes sense. That, and that, that's the same format season one was, correct? Yes. Uh, like, at least the, okay. Awesome. <laughs> Not initially, but yes, it was. <laughs> I think it worked out well. 
Uh, yeah, we ended up having a tiebreaker going into the playoffs, and it was originally best of three. So I want to say not everyone would run. It would be like if if you if the players were in one game one and game two, there would be no game three. And we didn't. I didn't like that last minute because that means not, you made the playoffs and you might not ever play in the playoffs. Right. So we were, we were able to change it. Everyone agreed to change it right before the playoffs started, which was again added to my stress level. Uh, for season one, but yeah, so this year it's best best of five. So, well, I guess with everything going the way it has, uh, breaking all this down, so color me intrigued. I want to enter this league. Uh, what do I need to do? Uh, and uh, what if I don't have a team? So, how, if I don't have a team, what's my best opportunity to find one uh, with people who are interested? And how do I sign up once I do? Uh, Link a lot. I'll pose that to you. And just to interject real quick before you answer, we've gone from 16 teams to 32 now, so there's a lot of availability oh, open. Yeah. Well, they're kind of. I guess okay. Link a lot, you can explain that. Okay. Yeah, so the way that the signups are going to work, um, and the best place to sign up or even to try to find a team would be to join the League Discord. Um, we have a channel specifically for looking for a team, and that's where all the forms are going to be that you'll need to sign up. Um, but as far as registration, so registration is going to be starting February 3rd for Season 1 teams. Um, basically, the teams that were in Season 1 will have a chance to return first, um, but they need to have at least two of the members returning from that team to do that. Um, they get a week to sign up. Uh, once February 10th rolls around, that's when open registration comes up, and that's then it's first come, first serve until we have 32 teams at that point. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, so any just getting fast, I would say, like based off of last season, uh, 16 teams, uh, at least 16 team spots are going to be available. Um, but I know a lot of teams already that have told me that they have formed. So registration's going to go fast. And this is kind of why we're announcing this now is get it in there, because once I open that form on the 10th at uh, noon Eastern, um, it's first come, first serve. Well, hopefully we hit that. We'll just let that hang in the air there ominously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we hit that 32 team mark pretty quickly. I mean, not quickly yeah. in the sense that we want people left out, but, um, you know, we want, we want to hit the cap. You know, you always want to hit the cap, especially when you raise have to raise the bar like like you guys have done. And um, we're hoping – I'll say as as a mod as well, I'm really hoping that we, we hit that. I hope there's interest past that as well so we can see how things could go for a potential season three. But – yeah, I'm always um, worried that we're gonna not we're gonna miss the camp, and then like I like happened in season one, it ended up feeling faster than I than I hoped. So, I I'd really want any team that has a chance to get in there as quickly as can, just so so you can guarantee your spot. Well, lastly, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I I was gonna say I know as far as the off season, that was one of the things like we started talking about. You know, we took a little bit of a break after playoffs, but when we started talking about what we want to do for season two, I think that was the very first thing we started talking about. Was like, how many teams do we want? Because um, we want to try to, I guess, dictate like where where's a good number where we can like this is how many teams we can expect. Um, things like that so especially if we see a bunch of very quick signups and then a lot of people missed out again that does give us information as far as like what we might need to do for season three to try to make it you know not necessarily more available but to have that option so everybody can join at that point that would like to yeah you definitely don't want anybody feeling left out you know especially if they were there the whole time but um 
you know, I guess that kind of, unfortunately that always happens with tournaments at one point or another, you know, or anything competitive for that, for that matter. But, uh, but yeah, so I guess, um, a final, one final thought here, a couple things, uh, are there going to be restreams again this year or for the league or this season? And if so, where can viewers that people who may just be interested in watching the league, where can we expect to see those? Uh, we'll be back on speed gaming. So um, following the, the fall tournament that's still going on, uh, we should be starting up as they either have finished or wind, wind down. So we'll be right there on speed gaming. And we also have our own league channels. I'll be using as backup, which are AL, which is, I forget what the channel is. It's twitch.tv. I think it's yeah, twitch.tv ALTTPR League and ALTTPR League 2, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, yeah, yeah plenty of restreams. Uh, like I said, last year we restreamed every match, or I think we missed maybe one. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do that this year with as many teams that there is, but it's a good chance to get, uh, to get restreamed, and that's always fun. It's always fun having people watching you. One thing I, I want to throw in here for you guys, one cool thing about the ALTTPR League Twitch channel, I remember when that got created, and it was because there was a race that was not going to have a restream, and the mods at the time and just the people who were volunteering said, no, this can't happen. So the players agreed, if I remember correctly, it was Edium and Ultima at the time, and the players agreed to wait so we could get a Twitch account created and get a quick layout thrown up or something and then we restreamed it. And yeah, I thought that was, that was amazing. really cool that the community came together uh, and uh, did that uh, so quickly, like just in a couple hours. It was, it was phenomenal. That is cool. Yeah. I want to, can I just shout out my mods or my, yeah, my mods really quick because yeah, sure. I, I mean, that was like, it's a proud, I don't know if any of you guys are parents, but it was a proud moment as almost like a parent of the league to see yeah. all of this come together. And I had nothing to do with it. I just said, go do it. And they put together this restream in a way that was like pretty phenomenal. So I, I mean, literally, I mean, link a lot was, has been such a huge help, but Cassidy Mo and Dante, Lin, 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 uh, Marjovic, uh, Shireen, uh, Walther, uh, we got Sigma, um, Spy Poet and Marty Andrasi and um, Synec isn't uh, Synec isn't an actual mod but we couldn't have done the league without Synec because he created the league bot uh, yeah. which ended up happening like he started creating bots from there and that ended up becoming like Saha bot and things like that um, and I, I literally the league would not have happened without Synec so he is the MVP of all rando, like it, it, everything. I mean, everyone <laughs> yeah. knows that, right? Like he's done so much for this community. It's insane. Yep. He's the super admin. He is. So he's not yeah. technically a mod, but he has admin powers. He's the only other one that has admin <laughs> yeah. powers in the league uh, because yeah. he is um, just that amazing. Awesome. Well, uh, let's move to wrap this portion up. Uh, if you guys are down, we'd love to have you stick around while we go over some fetch questions and kind of wrap things up from there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, any final thoughts on the uh, league, uh, ALTTPR League Season 2 to end with before we jump over to uh, our questions? I'm just... The only thing... Or go ahead, Fear. I'm just really excited for it. It's been a long time coming, and I know people are excited for it. And... Uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, so you don't want to miss out. 
Yeah, and the only thing I was going to say, because I don't think we've mentioned it at all so far, is the actual day that races can start, uh, which is going to be, right now we've got it set for March 2nd, which from what we know of the main tournament, it should be the week after the main tournament finishes up. So go right from main tournament to having the league to start watching at that point. Awesome. Very good. Well, uh, thank you again to both of you for coming on and uh, being so candid talking about the league. We are definitely looking forward to the start of season two. Um, So with that, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. First of all, Herfy Durfee is joining us again. Hello, Herfy. Tuesday Timp is back. So right here, Herf is talking about the person that is has come to fix his power so that he should be good to talk from now on. And the guy, I guess, had like a big mustache, which is supposed to hopefully explain the next part that you hear. Unfortunately, Herf dropped out very quickly after this, so um, we're, we're Herfless for the rest of the episode. Um, and yeah, all right, back to it. Was it Mario? <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking. I was thinking maybe it was Uncle. Old Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so we're we're happy to have you back. We also still have uh, Fear and, and Sir Link a lot here. We uh, in our last episode came to you hat in hand, listeners, and asked you for some emails, and you guys did not disappoint. We have four fetch questions a puzzler, and a request all to go over. So six uh, individual um, emails, I guess. So that's kind of a lot. We're going to spread those out a little bit. We are going to use a random number generator uh, to pick uh, two of those fetch questions um, and address those, and then also the request. And we will leave the other two fetch questions, the puzzler, and any other questions we get in the meantime for our next episode. Um, so with that, let's see what's our first question going to be. Number three. So that is uh, the fetch question we received from Radkin. And I'll go ahead and read that. It says, not sure if you guys have covered this. What type of hardware do you all play on? Are you doing crazy SNES to internet tricks or all emulated? What type of controllers do you use? What emulators do you use? How do you deal with input lag or do you struggle with it? Thanks, guys. Keep it up. And that was from Radkin. So we have a a series of questions there. Um, I'm just going to look in the order that we're all listed on our voice chat right now uh, on which that's alphabetical. So, (laughs) Dante, you're going to be first. Just uh, let's let's address each of these questions from Radkin. Uh, So the hardware I play on uh, at home, I will play on uh, a normal SNES. Uh, I have an SD to SNES cartridge that I'll play on. I have a SD to SNES Pro as well. Uh, I do have a, a super analog Super NT, and I bought that because of how convenient I saw it was for people to have that going to SG Live. Carrying around a Super Nintendo to SG Live was an absolute pain. Just trying to plug in this gigantic power brick. Anyway, that, that, that's a topic for another day. But but yeah, I, I play on, I guess, we'll say hardware uh, versus the emulator. And um, emulators, if I do use them, it's usually SNES 9X because of the ease of use. Because it's it, everyone's got a setup for it. It's super easy to get going. RetroArch is another popular one, but that does take a little more configuration to fine-tune it. The input lag from emulators is definitely something I struggled with. And that is why I wanted to get to playing onto 
actual hardware back when I started in spring of 2018. I, there were just things that I remember doing. Uh, I, I remember doing them, you know, as a kid, and I, it wasn't even a hard trick, but I could not get it to work right. Uh, just problems constantly popping up with my my execution. And when I put in the, I guess, the regular game in my Super Nintendo, it was fine. So at that point, I was kind of sold on, you know, it, if I'm going to take this seriously and try to get better at it, I want to, um, you know, I want to get hardware. So that's that's what I play on. But it's not for everybody because, you know, SD to SNES is obviously not the cheapest thing. It's not like buying a $5 used Super Nintendo game. But if, you know, if you're dedicated and want to learn or just, you know, like the aspect of hardware, so to speak, or, you know, an actual console, then it, it may be something to look into if that's, you know, your thing. And as far as controllers, we already know that you use two DDR pads next to each other, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. I've done that before, but um, I actually use uh, Super uh, or SNES Classic controllers or Super Famicom Classic mm. controllers, and there's a very big reason for that. Uh, every I have terrible luck with buying used Super Nintendo controllers. The, so like a button just completely is dead. It doesn't matter how much tape I put on it to try to make it a little more sensitive. You know, like making the button press like not like easier to press, I guess. You know, like a, a, th- a shorter throw, if you want to call it that, with the button moving. But it um it literally like I I just have terrible luck. So when I bought those, there's a I think it's a Rafnet adapter that I got. I remember Kelpsy was using it at one point on her stream, and she had it linked in her channel description. So I figured I'd I'd buy this and give it a shot since I already had a SNES Classic laying around, and I haven't looked back since because it it feels great. Like it's just to me the the SNES Classic controllers are almost just as good as the originals when they were new. Nice. All right. Uh, quick programming note: we've lost Herpy Derpy again. <laughs> His power went out or something. Oh no. Uh, we'll, uh, hopefully he'll be able to jump back in. If not, we'll we'll do our best to edit around that. Um, but for now, let's move on. Fear Agent, um, let's start with uh, your your hardware. Um, what type of hardware do you play on? Well, I wish I was a baller like Dante so I could have everything and two of everything. <laughs> He's got a, a SD to SNES and an SD to SNES Pro just because he wants to flex on everybody. I had to do um, that before my kid got here because when my kid gets here, I'm not going to have any money to do anything yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've got three yeah. kids, so i got to be careful with what I, what I spend. I've tried everything, uh, but I currently play on an analog uh, Super NT with a SD to SNES. And uh, I use a regular uh, SNES controller as well, though I own like four of them. And I just on eBay bought some Super Famicom controllers just to try those out because I'm never quite satisfied with the controller um i have i've got the i tried the classics and i they were a big upgrade from like the iBuffaloes to mm-hmm. the snes classic but i find the actual snes controller better than the snes classic so yeah um all right sir link a lot what about you uh i actually play on a snes classic with a snes classic controller um i used to be on emulator and I just told myself whenever I found a SNES Classic, I was going to buy it specifically for randomizer because I wanted to use like original, I guess not original hardware, but as close to original hardware as I could. And mm-hmm. I've loved it since. Nice. 
Um, yeah, and I, I don't do anything too fancy. I, I kind of represent the more casual players, I think, on, on this podcast. Uh, I use SNES 9X as an emulator. I play on my computer. Um, and I have an iBuffalo controller that I got as a gift from a friend back in 2014 that works great. I have no problems with the lag, or at least it's not enough to bother me at, at my level of play. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's my story. Um, I asked Herf uh, to tell us his answer, um, and I said I would read it. He says he also uses SNES 9X and iBuffalo. He doesn't really notice input lag because uh, he hasn't played on actual hardware in years. So, yeah, pretty much the exact same as me. That's Herf's answer. Um, cool. So, Radkin, I hope that sort of answers your question. Let's see who will be the uh, writer of the other fetch question that we do. Number four. So that is from Siotos, uh, and Siotos asks... I am curious about randomizer logic. As a new player, I spend hours running around trying to figure out my next step, even with a tracker. How do you know where the game is telling you where to go based on items? How do you know what items are logic blocked based on what you find? How do you plan routes early on to avoid backtracking more than once to avoid wasting so much time? Keep up the podcast and I'll see you guys on the streams. And that was CO Toast. So that is a, definitely a doozy of a question. There's a lot uh, that we could talk about there. And, and really, you've kind of struck to, like, the question of Rando. You know, that's that's kind of what we're all trying to figure out, I think, is, you know, how to read the logic and not backtrack too much. That's sort of the essence of, of playing randomizer at a high level. But um, does one of you guys maybe want to start and, and try to address some of these uh, cosmic questions from Siotos? <laughs> Can anybody else ask? answer the question of like what happens after life or what's the meaning of life this, this is one of those <laughs> yeah. questions where it's like if i knew the answer to this then i would be winning all the tournaments it, it's like right. it, it's one of those questions that's so you play the game i think and hope it works out yeah pretty much i will say um i did sort of start to notice at a certain point honestly not that long ago um that uh, so the, we, we've talked about this document before called how, how to read the logic by Fantalis, I believe I'll try to dig that up and see if I can link it again in this episode description. Um, but it essentially kind of boils down to, you know, let's say in the early game, uh, you're getting a lot of the items that are needed to open swamp palace. And there, there's a lot of them in sphere zero and sphere one. That's usually a good indication that the seed is kind of like nudging you towards Swamp Palace. The way that the item filler works means that maybe something important was put there, and that's why you've received all of these things that make it easier to get into Swamp Palace so that you can go there and get that item, you know, whatever it is, the, you know, maybe the, the hammers in the first chest or something like that, you know, that kind of bottlenecks where everything else can go. And so you end up having to get those items that get you into Swamp early to handle that. So that's just one example of kind of, you know, how you can sort of read the items and, um, you know, what, what you need maybe and, and can kind of inform your decisions when you do have multiple places you could go to check, um, you know, things that require a lot of items to get into that you get those items early might you know, the seed might be trying to tell you something. So that's one little bit of advice. Does anyone else have any other kind of just general knowledge tidbits to keep in mind to kind of, you know, further answer Ciotto's question? Yes. As far as me kind of to add on to like, you know, if you got all the items to get to swamp palace, it's especially like, you know, something like a, a sphere zero flippers and you go do flippers checks and you find nothing. So you kind of have to ask your, 
himself, you know, why did the seed give me this item so early? You know, is it pushing me towards something? It's just, that's where it's like, you're never going to know that the seed is pushing you. You're just kind of trying to make the best guess you possibly can based off of, you know, those items. Where did I get it? What has this led to so far? It hasn't led to anything. Well, let me go, you know, follow this item and see where it takes me. And you just kind of, sometimes it's just hoping for the best at that point. Yeah, that's the real tough part is following the logic is you'll you'll get an item, say like flippers, and you think, oh, well, I need to do all my flipper checks, which makes sense. And you do that, you do that and it gets you nothing. Like, well, maybe I got the flippers for Swamp Palace and then you clear out Swamp Palace and you get nothing. Well, maybe it was for Ice Palace. Nope. And, you know, and then you get nothing and you're like, well, why did I get those flippers so early? And that's that's why randomizer is so great. <laughs> it's always it, keeping yeah. you on At your toes. Point, you know, it's like you, you were saying, like Tim was saying, um, <clears throat> you think you get something early because of a dungeon sometimes. And then sometimes it's right. Sometimes it leads to like four more pieces of progression. Sometimes, like you were saying, it's zero. Sometimes literally the point of getting the item is because, hey, those were crystal dungeons and you had to beat them. But I gave it to you really early so, you know, rando gods can laugh at you because you, you dove these dungeons and full cleared them super early thinking you were making a great play. And... You know, you could have go moded all of them, but that's that. That's kind of like you were saying. Can you answer the uh, the question of you know what life and everything else, so the meaning of life? Because it's it's hard to do sometimes. It's just you kind of have to go. I, I I tell people I go with my gut, and that's yeah. You kind of develop a, a sense of like if I get a bow early on, I, whether or not Eastern's a pendant or a crystal, I'm probably going to be unless there's a ton of stuff open. I'm probably going to be going to Eastern just to. You know, even if I don't have a lamp, just because there might be something there. That that's just me. Um, so one of the things I'd like to focus on from this fetch question is how do you know what items are logic blocked based on what you find? So mm-hmm. there was an interesting thing uh, without going into too many spoilers of the weighty words uh, for I may match yesterday. Uh, they were looking for uh, a hammer, and the, like there was an item on. There was a green pendant. I think there was an item on blind in Weighty Words left. And the logic behind that was, uh, and the commentators did a good job of pointing this out, basically because there was no key, there was no small key before uh, before blind, so, or in blind cell, the small key was locked inside the big chest. Therefore, the, the, the item on blind was hammer locked. And the thought behind all that is... You know, that, that's one of those, I guess, caveat-type scenarios where you can't get the hammer from that because key logic in Rando always expects you to do the dumbest thing. So that, that's kind of a thing of seeing what you do and don't get. You know, a, a, an easier one to say is, like, you know, if you fake Flipper into Waterfall Fairy and you pick up, you know, boots, well, you know you're not going to get Flippers from a boots lock location because it, you needed the Flippers logically to get said boots. So, you know, you kind of piece those things together. A lot of that comes with experience because I'll be honest, there was a few about maybe a few months ago and, you know, I've done a few things in Rando. I'm not the best by any stretch, but, you know, somebody told me, hey, you made a really good read there because of this logic. And I just said, you know, I was just opening chests. I really didn't know I made a good read on that. And I'm like, hey, explain to me that logic. So, I mean, even some of the most seasoned runners are, still learning things to this day about the logic. Because, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't open the the code up and study the logic on how everything works. So, uh, yeah. I just open boxes. 
<laughs> I'd like you actually guys to see, do a show on logic. I like logic specifically ice palace logic. Cause I've done, I think that could take up an entire show, by the way, I've been racing for, for a while now and I still don't fully understand ice palace logic. Oh yeah. So. We have, uh, I think our longest episode was our ice palace episode. Oh, was it was like it? two and a half hours long. Yeah. Yeah. I missed that one. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it because trying to understand ice palace logic as the, as the game changes and, and updates feels like it changes a little bit every time. And so, uh, that is just forever going to haunt me. Yeah. That, that and pod for me, both are like, uh, I, I don't think I'm doing it the fastest way <laughs> usually, <laughs> but I mean, I know where everything is. I'm just probably not taking the shortest routes, but anyway. Um, and then the last thing in there was uh, planning routes early to avoid backtracking more than once to avoid wasting so much time. Uh, really, I mean, logically, I think the the only way to do that is to try to put off certain areas of the map if you don't have all the items needed to collect everything. I'm thinking specifically of like maybe South Dark World. You know, if you um, walk out of Thieves Town and you have everything where you can go up to the mountain and check Paradox, um, or you could do South Dark World, but you don't have the mirror, maybe it makes sense to go check somewhere else and see if you find that mirror so that when you come back around to you know South Dark World, you have the mirror and you don't have to essentially do that trip twice. Um, so that's one example. But I mean, that just that alone can burn you because what if the mirror is in South Dark World, you know? So even that sort of thing you have to take with a grain of salt. But um, you know, being able to check all of the things in a certain area because you have the items needed to do that helps to cut down on backtracking in, in a lot of, you know, in a lot of cases. Um, any final thoughts maybe on like that topic specifically before we move on to our request? I'd say with routing, if, if, you, make a, if you make a decision to try and put something off in hopes of, you know, in hopes of finding an item to help you more efficiently route that area later. Like, for instance, K45 with the mirror and South Dark World. Now, that's a lot of checks to put off just for K45. I'll use that caveat and put that there now. But if you make that decision, uh, stick to your guns. And mm. if you make the decision, I'm going to put XYZ checks off until, you know, ABC thing happens so I can do it all together, then a lot of times it's best to exhaust your other options unless you know if it's a one-off location then maybe not the best idea but i'm saying like if you've got two groups of dense items and you want to put one of them off in hopes you find something to make it better like that mirror for per se then stick to your guns and do everything else you can before you go back on your decision because a lot of times people waste the most time in rando just deciding to do something and say nope that's a bad idea because the first three chests i checked in my idea didn't pan out so now i'm going to backtrack on it and then you waste more time going back and forth yeah yeah i've definitely been burned that way a time or two <laughs> maybe even as recently as this last week but uh yeah anyway um, cool. Okay, so thank you to both Radkin and Ciotos for those questions. Also, thank you to Unikitty and uh, Walther the Fourth for the other two questions. We will address those next week. Um, also, Cool Papa Bell twenty two eighty two. I think are the numbers. Cool Papa Bell. Uh, thank you very much for the puzzler. Very much looking forward to uh, stumping my co-host with that one in our next episode. Um, so with that, let's move on uh, and very briefly address our biweekly seeds. For uh, the one for episode 38, um, Dancy, did you get a chance to check this one out? I did not, unfortunately. I will say that 
Uh, one of the reasons I didn't was because I accidentally clicked in the spoiler channel and there was a, mm. a big spoiler I saw, so I was like, ah, I'm just not going to touch it. I will say that uh, instead of the no tracker, I did do technically an alternate tracker in some of the seeds that I played for myself, and it's not something I actually made it easier. Uh, I did dip my toe into auto tracking, and mm. it makes me lazy. I I <laughs> like it, but it makes me lazy, and I don't really like using it. I'll put it that way, because I, I don't think about things as much. I just play the game, and then I end up realizing I forgot something. It, it's almost like playing with no tracker, though, in a way, because I, I hardly ever looked at it, and I'd like to be able to look at it just because it helps me think of things more. So that's that's kind of my, my, my short takeaway uh, from that. Well, and I stopped by that stream um, that where you were doing that. One of the reasons you did it is because uh, of the complexity of the seed that you were playing. It was like one less thing to think about, right? Yeah, I was playing, I was doing a multi-world uh, yeah. and it was cross keys. So that was one of the ones I did. I've done it for a few overworld glitches uh, seeds that I played this week as well. So those, uh, you know, it comes in handy for that. I think it, it helps you see what you've done, so on and so forth. The other thing was I wanted to pay more attention that cross keys to my entrance tracker. And mm. using that auto tracker helped me just have the items. It displayed it on my stream nice for, you know, viewers and so on and so forth. But that way I could just kind of put my focus on the entrances and where I needed to go and how to get there. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to play this one yet either. I, I'm hoping to before Wednesday. Um, but I just checked the leaderboard real quick. And Sir Linkalot, you actually played this one. Yeah, I, I, I did play it. Uh, I heard it was a tough one. Um, I guess my question for you then, are you and Dante trying to have some kind of a contest on who can roll the worst seeds? <laughs> That's what people keep saying. I don't, I don't understand why because I didn't play this one. But um, no, it's not It's not the intention. It just seems to keep happening that way, though. No, it's a contest. No, I'm okay, yeah, secretly <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, um, so yeah, I guess I, as much as I would maybe want to dig into it a little bit. I guess I still haven't played it and I selfishly don't want to be spoiled. So um, we'll, I, I guess I'll figure out soon enough why it was so bad um, when I finally do play this one. But um, in terms of the next one, let's get to that request that I mentioned. This is from Lumaga uh, who says, guys, I respectfully request that Herfy Durfy roll the next biweekly seed. I don't know what button you and Dante were pressing or how you angered the randomizer, but these last few seeds would have been great for chat to watch and laugh about. Maybe the randomizer will go easy on Herf and therefore the rest of us. So Lumaga, we will go ahead and have Herfy uh, roll the next one. Hopefully it'll be a little kinder to you and <laughs> the rest of the participants. Um, Dante, what are we going to give them for uh, the biweekly seed this time? So we had one of our guests, uh, Sir Linkalot, reach out and ask if it was possible to do a league settings mystery seed. And so, therefore, that is what we're going to do. Now, I personally think the League mystery settings are more friendlier. Uh, yeah, I said more friendlier. Friendlier <laughs> than... I was going to let you have it. Uh, they're friendlier to me than if you were to roll a mystery-friendly seed. Uh, at one point, that still had expert item functionality in it for friendly. So just keep that in mind. Um, and from what I remember looking at the League uh, weight set, expert and hard don't show up so we don't have to worry about that if that's something that may scare you so we're gonna do we'll let herfy push the button he can talk to saha bot 
get the mystery seed for us, but we don't know what it's going to be. It could be a little bit of Enemizer, could be, you know, a little bit of Assured Weapon, who knows. But it's going to be the League settings. Uh, again, we'll have that uh, link to the weight set in the, um, in the episode description so you guys can know kind of what you're getting yourself into. But other than that, that is all we know. It's going to be a mystery. That should be fun. That'll be fun. <laughs> Mystery can do a lot of things to you. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll have to see how that how that pans out, and we will have her generate it, um, and then see how that works out too. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and wrap up. I'm going to go through this super fast because um, I know we're already running sort of long. But uh, if you want to email us your own fetch question or puzzler or request or whatever, you can do so by sending that to email at gomodepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at gomodepodcast. Uh, our website, gomodepodcast.com. You can use the contact form there as Walther the Fourth did. Um, let's see, Discord. You can join that uh, with a link in our description um, to submit your biweekly seed time and talk about the seed once you're done. Um, and uh, our Twitch is twitch.tv slash gomodepodcast. Um, we're still restreaming Challenge Cup races and uh, we'll have some other um, fun uh, events for you in the future. All right, now the things that uh, actually matter. Fear Agent, uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Maybe a Twitch channel or uh, anything anything of that nature? Sure. I've got, uh, I'm on Twitch, um, twitch.tv slash the fear agent. And if you're interested in my podcast, it's the sidetrackpod.com. It's a movies and comics podcast. So Very cool. Awesome. We will put a link to that in the description. And Sir Linkalot, what about you? I'm also on Twitch, uh, just twitch.tv slash SirLinkalot. Um, other than Randomizer, I just do variety games. I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Um, that's pretty much the foreseeable future until League starts up, from what I know. And uh, Final Fantasy fourteen patch, I do a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen rating when the new stuff comes out in February. I don't know when yet. They haven't given us a date. Beautiful. All right, Dancy, what about you, sir? Uh, twitch.tv slash Dancy. I play rando and stomp on arrows, and I get mad a lot. That's <laughs> that's basically the summary of uh, my Twitch. So beautiful, and uh, I'm twitch.tv slash temp underscore. I was just doing a bunch of challenge cup streaming that sadly has come to an end. So I'll probably go back to you know streaming once a week by weekly seed. Uh, getting some music streams out there as well. I've made a little bit of progress in that, uh, but not enough to really quite announce yet. So stay tuned for the MSU pack. Uh, the final thing I will say that I've forgotten to mention in the last few weeks is iTunes reviews. If you enjoy the podcast and you have not rated us on iTunes, it would really help us out if you could do so. We have 30 uh, total. We finally made it to our goal of 30 by the end of 2019. But we can't just sit at 30 forever. We need some help. So uh, consider giving us a rating on iTunes if you're enjoying the show. Uh, And with that, I think we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. So um, would either one of our guests like to grab their mirror of truth maybe out of the bag and get us out of here? I'll let let Fear do that. You want to get us out? You want to mirror us out of here? Sure. How do I do that? All right. You found one, right? You found one along the way at some point that we can use. I've never, I've never found a mirror in my life. Oh no. (laughs) All right. Well, I I have the spare one here, so I'll go ahead and use it. In fact, I'm going to hold it selfie style out really far in front of my face and everyone go ahead and crowd in, get nice and close cheek to cheek and let's mirror out.